This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What's up, everybody? Today's guest is a young man named Fernando Puente. Fernando is a musician, an artist, used to be a graffiti writer, and he was also a human smuggler for the Tijuana cartel. I'll see which cop is just letting people in like this. And it was your job to follow me. After that, I was just jumping the trolley, ride a few stations. There was somebody pick him up. They would get him. That was it. I got my 500 bucks. This guy grew up in San Diego and Tijuana. He was one of those guys with dual citizenship that would go back and forth. I was roaming those streets really young. I saw this. I saw people fighting with machetes. He remembers the cartel wars that were going on back in the mid-2000s between the Tijuana cartel and the Sinaloa cartel. And unfortunately, he got sucked into it like many young Mexican men of his generation. People are always looking for sicarios and stuff like that. So I was getting offers from that type of stuff. But he survived, he thrived, and now he is a music producer for the Narco Corridos uh, that is taking off in Mexico. So I just started getting the mix with music and I was like, I'm gonna stick to this and see where this takes me. He gives a fascinating insight into what's going on in Tijuana right now. The three cartel factions, Alisco, Sinaloa, and Tijuana that are battling it out for that city. These four blocks are Tijuana, the next five, six blocks are Sinaloa, and the other blocks over there, they're from Jalisco. That's the actual stuff right now. He also told us about the way that he transformed his life and how the music of Narco Corridos is you know, changing the community for the better. You get more from the music than the news because the, the songs actually have to be authorized. Uh, this was an amazing story, and you can also go hear uh, some stuff that we can't tell you on the free episode, of course, at patreon.com slash show with Fernando. He's given us the real inside scoop about who's really running the cartel in Tijuana right now. Without further ado, I give you Fernando Puentes, everybody. You can only see that right here on The Connect with Johnny Mitchell. You go two blocks away from where all the lights are, there's people fighting with machetes. There's kids playing in the middle of the street next to the guys fighting machetes. The kids are the sons and daughters of the of the lady that owns a little retail store, but she also prostitutes herself. That is in the middle of a jungle. Let me put it to you like this. That's when I see the lights behind me start to flash. And I didn't even think, I just hit it. I was driving like my life depended on it. And then I parked the car, hopped out, closed the door, and I started running. And he pulls out a burner, shanks, like six inches. And then he passes it to me. And he goes, here, that's yours. Don't ever leave the cell block without this. He was the reason I made it out of that place alive. What was it like as a kid in Tijuana in the 90s? Was, you know, they have the huge border wall. Was it there when you were a kid? No, it wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> I, I'm, I, like, I would cross the border with my mom and we would literally see my dad crossing the border running with like other people on the freeway because that's how everybody used to cross back then. Like, it was so easy they to cross. They just run across that freeway. Yeah, and he wouldn't even stay over here. Like, he would come and go. You know what I mean? Like everybody, yeah. like you could cross just, if you got good English, if you spoke a good English, yeah. you could just cross with being a U.S. citizen. Just be like, oh, I'm a U.S. citizen. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. And they just wave you in. Yeah, if you, yeah, they just wave you in. So, yeah, the 90s, it was crazy, especially because my family was in the mix a little bit too. So in, in my house, there was always these talks or like the news. 
when something happened, like there, there was the talks around like, oh, look what happened. They, mm-hmm. they, uh, whoever got caught or they, they killed him or whatever. You know what I mean? So wow. it was something I kind of like heard around, you know, the grownups. How was your family involved? Um, well, my grandma, it's like in the ni- 90, 91, 92 mm-hmm. type thing. Um, she, she has a lot of friends from Sinaloa and, um, some of, even some of the main characters that you were here today, well, back then they weren't that big. Well, my grandma, she had, she had a lot of girlfriends that would date them. But my grandma would be like the one that go get food, go pick up this, go do that, like mm-hmm. bring up to the house, go take this money. You know what I mean? Right. So she was kind of doing like stuff like that. And then eventually uh, she started crossing uh, with stuff. And then my mom, she's the oldest. So they started doing it together. Like uh, it was heroin back in the day, I think. Heroin. That, that they were crossing. Right. Yeah. And uh, I actually spoke about this on Concrete. Shout out to Danny from Concrete. Um they they stopped because they got caught in 93. My grandma was working for a certain person. And then that certain person, the, the work got a little bit slow. So she decided to go with somebody else. And that somebody else, she what he did was he sent her with like, it wasn't even heroin. It was like 98% like cut. Yeah. But they, they just like ratted her in. So another. Uh, so you know somebody I mean? else could get yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. So they did that. So after that, um. They got caught and they were looking at it a lot of years because it obviously was heroin. Yeah. But then the lawyers eventually, they, they, they tested the drug and it was like only 2% heroin. So eventually they came out in like a few months. Right. Because it wasn't even like, you know what I mean? That's a good lawyer. Yeah. 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 Cause that's true. It's yeah. like, there's, it's only 10% heroin. Yeah, I should only do 10% you, of the time. You, yeah. You can do, you can uh, charge them for like kilos because it's not even, you know what I mean? That's brilliant. Is that a defense? I feel like more lawyers should use that defense. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's, 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 that's pretty common. And I, I mean, let, I would say, I mean, it's let pretty- me be your lawyer, your honor. It was only 50% Coke. 50% of it was fentanyl. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> you get so, double yeah, the time. Now it's all that. But yeah, I mean, that's how eventually after that, my mom, she, she got, she went straight after like, she's right. not, not scared of a red light after that, yeah. like nothing. You know what I mean? And then my uncle grew up and he started getting in the mix a little bit and he's only nine years older than me. Well, he was, he passed away last year. Rest in peace. But, um, and, and he started getting stuff like that. So, so yeah, I mean, since I was little, I've been going to, Jails to visit. I've been I've been hearing about MCC. I've been hearing about the feds. I've been hearing about yeah. the Arianos, the Sinaloa, and all this stuff. So it's it's kind of always been like you know what I mean around. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's such it, it, when you grow up in a place like Tijuana, unless you're from the upper class, you are either this humble, uh, poor person, or you've got some family members that are involved. Well, I mean, if don't you, you agree? Like and, it's inevitable. Yeah. But in the nineties, I don't know if you remember, there was what they were called the narco juniors, which were families of the upper class. Oh, right. Of the Arellano. Yeah, yeah. Felix. And, and they yeah. got, they were all sons of like doctors and surgeons and stuff, but they were doing the, oh, the right. killings They were doing all this stuff. So like, I mean, there's no social class that's safe from like right. everybody, you know what I mean? And, well, especially now, like nowadays, everybody knows or, as somebody that's been killed, even if they were just in the wrong place in the wrong time, like my uncle, like he wasn't like he worked at a shipyard and stuff, but he was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. What did he get killed? Chilling, chilling with the wrong people. Did and he then, get killed in Mexico? Yeah, or he here? got killed in Tijuana. Yeah, yeah, just uh, hanging out with the wrong people, and they came up and shot everybody. So. Who? Well, first of all, do you remember the the wars when Sinaloa was battling it out with the Arellano Felix brothers in the mid two thousands, like 2005. Do you remember when that was going on? You I was, been like I was so school. young. I was in 2005, I was 15. 
But uh, but it's inevitable to be like I was already in the streets. Like like I said, I started doing graffiti and like what in TJ there was what what do you guys out here call tag bangers? Like we do graffiti, but we still like defend the crew and we fight with other crews and stuff like that. Yeah. So that started transforming into cartels. Like like you know what I mean? Like all these all our crews and stuff. Yeah. Everybody started like like the ones that were more violent that like to fight more instead of paint more. They started joining cartels, mm-hmm. started being sicarios or. They started doing whatever stuff like that. So, and do you think that was around that those wars when you were about 15, 16 and when the war on drugs was declared in Mexico? I think, yeah, I think it was declared in, in 2006. Yeah. With uh, Vicente Fox, I think mm-hmm. that was the person that did that. So, yeah, I mean, we start seeing militarized streets, like, like convoys of big trucks with a bunch of people behind them. Some of them looked like cops, some of them had AK 47, so you know, they're not cops. Right. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I mean, I I was really a lot in the streets with my friends and just that's this before the internet. Like there was there was internet, but right. not as big as this. So so we're still kids that hang out right. in the streets a lot. You know what I mean? So yeah, we we're seeing all this, and then we have older friends or older homies that now they're getting involved. So so yeah, this is this is like firsthand. Like we're mm. we're seeing all this. this happening. And you you grew up, let alone the music, the corridos and stuff. Right. That, that's pretty big too. So we're listening to the grooves. They're talking about this. We're seeing what's going on. Like we're getting pulled over by cops too and stuff. So it's just, it's just. But getting pulled over by the cops is, is just as bad. You know, you can't yeah. trust the cops. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when they're in war, they're, they're, they're like on edge. You know what yeah. I mean? So everybody or, or looks Or they're suspect. working for somebody usually. That too. You know now, what I mean? I, I've heard now, according to our friend Luis, yeah. our mutual friend, uh, they've got their own organization now. Like they're the 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 policia uh, municipal are like their own cartel. Yeah, I I think it's um, I um, it's not. I don't think they're even organized together either. I think they're just little groups of, because I, I, I'm maybe not all of them, you know, because we have people like Ed Calderon that are you know doing right. doing a work that are actually trying to make a difference. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's certain groups that are that like certain bosses of like certain areas, like uh, like let's say the homicide department. You know, the head of the that department is with certain cartel and maybe the robbery department is with somebody else. Right. So, and maybe one of them, they're not with none of them. So they're just robbing everybody, you know, confiscating yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then that's, that's why you see these banners where they're threatening the cops. Like, Hey, you took 50 kilos and on the news, only 20 came out. Like you yeah. better, or you either report the, all the kilos or you give them back or right. send them to me or something. But that's not your job, you know? So, wow. So they'll actually, the, the traffickers will call out the yeah, cops yeah, exactly, with yeah. those banners. Yeah, if they see the news and not, not all yeah. your stuff is there, they're like, oh, wait, I had a hundred kilos in the house and you guys are only will reporting. Will they name names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will oh, name names. Yeah, yeah. The, the banners, they would, yeah, yeah. yeah they would yeah. do. Now, has those. Instagram replaced, has social media replaced those banners at all? Like with the ways well, to like spread news? No, they actually, news? They, they, they have, they have um, news outlets that are paid by cartels and yeah. stuff. And you can tell like some of them, you could tell the the what do you call it the um, the favoritism yep. to certain cartels like they'll call certain people like oh this low life narco and then they will call the other guy oh the señor you know what I mean right. so like yeah, yeah, come on yeah. bro like of we course. know you, yeah it's you like Fox mean? News for the Republicans exactly, just and like MSNBC that. for the Democrats just like that so we have that so now they will leave a banner and they'll take a picture of it and send it to those media outlets mm-hmm. and they will report it and have a detailed yeah. uh, stuff of the beef that they have going on because right. they have information from mm-hmm. the main person, you know? So you're, you're in, you grew up, you're born in on state side in San Diego, but you, I was actually born here in LA. You're born in LA. Yeah. I was okay. born in LA. And you grew up in San Diego. Uh, Tijuana, San Diego, Tijuana mostly I think. I mean, like I said, half of my life was in San Diego because I went to school there, 
But most of my like vacations, weekends, everything. I was, as soon as I got out of the bell ring, and sometimes even before the bell ring, when I ditched, I would just catch the bus and cross the border and go back to Tijuana to my house and just be over there, you know. So you went to school in San Diego, but your house was in TJ. Was in TJ. Yeah, it was that easy. Yeah, I mean, I, a... I think anybody in, in the border, in, well, probably any border, even Luis, he's from Waters and stuff. Yeah. Everybody that lives in the border has people that come and go every day. It's crazy. It's yeah. almost like they're the same. Why don't they just make them the same yeah, place? Yeah, I mean, if it's it's, wild. It's, it's, there's a border, there's a line through it, but the community is so blended. It's, so, it's blended. so blended in. It's so blended in. What's up, you guys? Let's take a minute to thank our longtime sponsor of the show, Mood. You guys, this is the number one CBD and Delta 8, Delta 9 products company in the country completely legal and delivered discreetly to your doorstep you guys go over to hellomood.co to get a wide array of everything from gummies edibles pre-rolls flour you guys i use cbd every day it helps with my joint pain it helps me sleep it helps with anxiety as well as the delta 8 and delta 9 products hello mood is the last company you will need to use when it comes to these products, you guys, they are offering an amazing discount right now. You know what to do. Go over to hellomood.co and use that promo code CONNECT20 to get 20% off anything on their website. And that is a whole lot to choose from. And of course, they're offering an amazing giveaway. If you guys use the promo code CONNECT FREE, you're going to get a five count pack of gummies delivered completely free. And all you do is pay for shipping. You guys, go to hellomood.co right now and support them because they support our great show. Thank you so much. Let's get back into the episode. Now, do you, when you're in San Diego, uh, you know, as a Mexican person and you hear, you must hear about all the gossip, who got killed in TJ, who's running things, whose load got snatched, yeah. et cetera. Um, I, see, I see in San Diego people that hide from TJ that don't go right, to right. I see people that became informants. You, mm -hmm. you see him at the restaurant. Being, Whoa, you know like I mean? he's ratting. This yeah, guy's yeah, snitching and, and they're just like in the clubs, like hanging out and stuff and, like that. And, and two miles south, they, they got, could not go out or they'd be killed. Yeah, they, some of them have prices on their heads, you know, and they're just... See what the power of law and order does? What a great <laughs> country the United States Well, there's of a lot America of corruption and, and over here too. I mean, I've seen um, one of my... Uh, He's not my friend, but he he he's cousin to some of my friends. They're they're a few um, years younger than me. They grew up in the block behind my house, and one of them became an informant. And um, he's actually, what I've heard from his cousins is that he actually gets a cut of whatever he snitches on. You know, they actually let him keep some of the stuff. They let him keep the dough. Yeah, and 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 they just apparently because I I, uh, I had a little running with him, they just say whatever. That they just go to wherever he says because I remember this one time uh, there was a little running and, and he was mad about some stuff that my sister did or something. But in my house, well, at least in my mom's house, there's never been no illegal. Like we never keep drugs or nothing. Mm -hmm. My mom is like yeah. straight, so we keep her out of trouble. But he was mad. So he told the, I guess the, the guy that he's working for, the, the police, that there was stuff in my house. So they showed up, no warrant. No, nothing. No, they didn't like, you know what I mean? It was just like in TJ, they showed up, abuse of power. They went in, they searched the house with no authorization. And once they saw it was just, there was nothing mm -hmm. and family stuff. They arrested my sister for, for an unpaid ticket. Wow. Or some shit, and they took her to, you know what I mean? We had to go get her and stuff, but it was crazy because the, he came after like, th that happened around 3, 3 PM. And he came at night, like at 8 PM to say sorry to my mom and stuff because he knew my family and stuff. So after afterwards, he was like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I I I I didn't mean it to be like this, but 
I was having trouble with uh, your sister's boyfriend, whatever, wow. stuff like that. So, but that's, that's, uh, I got to look behind of what the cops are willing to do. Right. Just for are these uh, the feds or just this the was, local? I think, no, this, I think this was SDPD. Wow. I think, I think it was police department. It wasn't feds. It wasn't anything like that. Why are these open snitches? Why are they not killed? I guess. Does the cartel not, they don't have people in some, the U S Yeah, will, some cartels will actually go like the full length to, try to get people even extradited people that they're looking for. But I think they have to be like, I think like one of the bosses has to really have a personal thing with you mm -hmm. for, for them to make a big or risk it. I mean, if, if you kidnap somebody in us soil and bring it over there, that's a, that, you know, charges are for that. You no, know what I mean? Of course, that, but I, I guess, so it's not really worth it sometimes if they, I mean, if they only snitch and I mean, you got one shipment confiscated, but after that, there's nothing going on. They're probably just, you know, let it go. Right. But if um, I guess because Mexico is such a corrupt place, if you're a boss that the Mexican authorities already know about, you're already on the run anyways. Exactly. It doesn't matter exactly. if you're snitching on exactly. me because everybody's I mean, they and, know and, who I and am. And nobody wants to like have that death charge in the U.S. So right. like they they don't really worry unless they really you know mm -hmm. I mean uh like you see some of the informants now that are really big level informants maybe they have some personal uh, right. beef with people that are still bosses in Mexico. Or so. if they think it'll keep them out of prison, they might go, go that length to have them eliminated. Exactly. Exactly. But you really, it really has to be like something with the bosses. Like no, not really, not everybody's going to go back, the, back in a few years. Yeah. We used to, there used to be a game called Los Palillos, which was very uh, notoriously famous in San Diego because they were doing Mexican stuff in us. So like they would actually tell the cars so like, Hey, if you need anybody over here, I'll bring it to you. And they were doing like a, the acid thing where they dissolve the bodies. They were doing that like right uh, I live in Paradise Hill, so they were doing that somewhere around there. And in, in Chula San Vista, Diego. Yeah, they actually Holy found some houses. Shit. This was back in like 2007 or something like that. It was so pretty big what, in the news. What about Logan Heights? Is that still an active neighborhood in San Diego? Uh, I, I think there. they're pretty active. I mean, like, that, uh, uh, like as a gang and stuff like that. I don't really, I don't really know a lot of um, a lot of their activity. I don't even really know a lot of their members, but I'm pretty sure they're 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 still making money somehow, or they're still making keeping okay. themselves active. Luis. Our friend Luis Chaparro, his whole angle is that the cartels don't exist in the U.S., that they're just associates. They're people who just sell drugs. He said that? He did. Really? Now, I'm, I'm going to cause a beef here. Uh, he, he claims, and with good evidence, but it's still, you know, disproved. It's not, it's not fact, right? It's his hypothesis as a journalist mm -hmm. is that the cartel simply moves drugs from mainland Mexico to the border where they're then smuggled across by U S citizens and then sold. Everybody's an independent contractor. He says there's no more workers. The cartel doesn't I mean, send any workers but, anymore. But, is that true? Uh, the thing is that's also true in Mexico. Like you hear about the Sinaloa cartel, but not the whole Sinaloa cartel gets along with each other. Right. Like there's factions that don't really with each other. So Everybody thinks that everybody's working together, that the right. cartel is like this big, happy federation and company that everybody helps each other. But that's not really the truth. Like, it's independent people that form this big, like, you know, uh, federation or whatever you want to call it. But most of, a lot of those guys don't even get along with each other. So right. it's the same as over here. Like, right. there's just people pushing the drugs to the border and then other people are catching it and doing whatever. Right. I mean, there's, I'm pretty sure there's people over there that have family over here, like cartels. They have like a lot of cousins over here because, you know, they got big ass families and probably that they stay connected that way. Mm -hmm. But over here, there's gangs. There's other stuff that that actually distribute. But, but, but will. OK, so that's that's, I guess, what he's kind of saying. Um, 
But yeah, are, but it's the same in Mexico. I mean, you can call them cartels over here. Like, if, if like certain gangs are really big enough to, you know, have a little cartel. But like, say, mm-hmm. say a, a family, right? An organization from Culiacan uh, that are, that have, you know, Sinaloa protects the drug routes, but they're the ones who fund the shipments. Will they actually send some of their people to this side to to uh, coordinate uh, yeah, the drug shipments sure. once they yeah. get across the border. They will do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, that. so that's pretty close to having cartel members in the United States. It's mm-hmm. kind of just splitting hairs, though. It's kind of semantics at this point. Uh, that's interesting. So you're a high schooler. I want to get back to your story. You're you're this kid. You're an artist. You're you're tagging right. You're graffiti. I was doing murals, actually. Yeah. I did, like, oh, so you're doing the cool murals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, you guys, Mexican Mexicans have the best murals. Yeah. Right, thanks, you know? man. Thanks. So, but. Now you're 16 and the cartel wars are really starting to blow up. Um, you're starting to get pulled into that life as well. Yeah. Well, friends are starting to showing up to parties with like uh, three, four suburbans and filled up with cars with bulletproof and, you know, and there's the same guy you were tagging with a few months ago. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the same guy that you were beefing with it, just fighting like fist fighting because he's from another neighborhood and you're from this neighborhood, you know? But now they're defending like a bear cause they, now they're making money. Now they got power and stuff. So like, yeah, you, you start seeing that and it's like, okay, well I'm not making money. Yeah. Just banging out of nothing, you know? So you start, you start seeing where you fit in. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a U.S. citizen. So I was definitely going to do some, of course, something along borders. So, so you're one of the most valuable assets to the Mexican <laughs> yeah, cartels because you can move pretty much freely. Yeah, exactly. So what was your first uh, dip into criminal activity with them? Maybe officially the, the just smuggling people, bringing people across the border. That's, that was my original charge. I got charged for that. I got caught for that. But, Tell uh, us about that. Tell us about the people smuggling. So now the wall's up. That means the price, that means it's good business now because there's oh, yeah, a wall it's, there. It's been good business for a while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really been good business because um, a lot of people would rather deal with people than with drugs and stuff. Like if you lose drugs, it's a, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if you lose people, like you, you can't really rob, oh, like they could rob you for 10 kilos, but you can't really rob you for like a lot of for like, people. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, kind of, yeah. it's, it's a little different. So, and it, it used to be back then, it used to be a little more chill business because it wasn't as, uh, they weren't killing each other. They, the people smugglers and stuff like that, they weren't really like beefing and stuff. They were really kind of way of the whole cartel like activity and stuff. Yeah. But then when the cartel and the, the whole military stuff started like a lot, of, everybody had one, uh, weapons, you know, the, the best and furious and stuff yeah. like that. Everybody had a bunch of guns. So now the cartel wants to be unlocked of every, every legal stuff. Like right. they, they want have, a piece of it all. Of everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, so I, uh, the guy I used to work for, he, he made really good money, like really good money. Who did you work for? It was a guy called, um, his name was Sergio, Don Sergio back in the day. He, he, uh, I met him because, well, he was from my neighborhood, but he was one of those old school, uh, you could say mafia guys that, Gave a lot back to the community. Like he would throw um, uh, kind of like this for funding for like um, uh, if there was somebody in the neighborhood that had cancer that needed cancer treatment. So like mm-hmm. he would throw big ass parties and stuff like that. So so to uh, raise money, yeah, to raise money and stuff like that. And he would donate himself too, but he would just rather do this for like the whole community and stuff. Yeah, he would he fixed the the uh, what do you call it the the soccer and the basketball court mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He, he fixed them because, you know, Mexico, they weren't really like taken care of. So he actually right. made it like with quality that everybody wanted to go play in our neighborhood because, of, you know, yeah. 
the tournaments where well, there was people that knew how to play and yeah. stuff like that. So all my friends play soccer. I didn't. I played when I was little. So they have a he, he built a soccer team with like all star soccer team. So my friends were playing with him. And we and once this the whole war started going on and stuff, uh, I remember we used to tell me and and him, my friends, and some of us. We were like, "Hey, how come you never have people taking care of you?" Like, he didn't have any bodyguards. He didn't have anything. So and 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 uh, shit started getting crazy. But so we would tell him like, "Hey, just give us some guns. We're right with you." Though. I mean, we're already chilling with you all day. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know, so might might as well just take care of you. Mm-hmm. But he never was one of those guys. You know, he he paid a lot of money to the cartel every month. So he would have protection from like the police and stuff like that. So he didn't really need. And his business was just people smuggling. Just people smuggling. Yeah, he had he had people like in Guadalajara or in southern states that yeah. were from his. Uh, he he trusted them. Yeah. So they would send them people that were people. recommended. Like, hey, he needs to cross. He's yeah. uh, whoever's cousin. He's my aunt Maria's cousin. Like, you know, right. everybody was recommended. And, and how I mean, much? How much did it cost back when you first got involved? Two thousand six. How much did it cost to to have somebody cross you? If I walked them across. It would be like three to four thousand bucks wow. back then. Back then, if, even. and it was just like with papers. Like I said, if if we have a white guy that looked like you, I just borrow your ID and and have him. I would even take him to the haircut place and stuff like that. If you have like a mold in your face, we will draw it too and everything. Wow. And uh, how would you walk them across? Uh, like, yeah, uh, and we had different papers. Like let's say some people have the tourist visa and some people have the the working or the residence. So if if I had an ID of somebody that looked like you, let's say you're you're trying to cross. And I'm like, okay, I have an, I have the identity of somebody that works over there. So I'm going to cross you at five in the morning when everybody's going to work. And I'm going to give you this jacket of, of gardening or construction and stuff. And I will give you a backpack with like some tools in it and stuff like that. The boots and everything. We have a whole closet of just different, oh, of d- just, different yeah, looks. Yeah, we go to Goodwill and stuff like that. Places like that and just buy like uniforms for or stuff like that. So if, if I had papers of a guy that worked over there, I would. Dress you up like that and stuff like that, and and cross you like. Oh, a, so you actually cross through the checkpoints? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, check, okay. Because the, you have papers, so right. like you, I would just be like, just follow me, like a couple of people in the back, you know, right? Two or three people in the back. I'll make the line. I'll see which cop is just letting people in like this. Yeah. And then I go there, and it was your job to follow me. And after that, I was just jump in the trolley, ride a few stations. There was somebody pick him up. They would get him. That was it. I got wow, my 500 bucks the whole per operation. You get 500 bucks for that. For, for head, yeah. For easy, head. easiest yeah, I'm, money. I'm 18, I'm 17. Like, I'm chilling. That's 1,500 bucks. I, sometimes I would cross the border two times a day with like two people in each trip. So that's that's a thousand. couple people, thousand you know? bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. amazing for, a, for yeah. a teenager in Tijuana. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. so he kind of, that's the first time I saw, like, I learned how to like make money like that. And he yeah. was actually teaching me to, because uh, he said, if you're going to be in the, in the, Try to be the ones that make money and be more business minded yeah. than than the killing and stuff. Killing. Because we came from like the the gangs type thing, uh, uh, so that's what we were. That's what would happen with us. The more like people are always looking for sicarios and stuff like that. So, uh, so I was getting offers from that type of stuff. But he really actually rest in peace. He actually cared about me, so he was, he taught me the other side. He's like, you it. want money? Yeah, yeah. You want this and stay away from that. Don't go out to like all these clubs where all the, the fools are like. You're going to go out with like your girl or something, trying to go like to all these other fancy places. It's always the cartels and especially at the Ariano Felix cartel, the family, they're like upper class white Mexicans, Mm -hmm. but the people that are killing for them and dying for them, they're all brown. They're all the dark Mexicans. After the juniors, they, 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 everybody, it was just people from the hoods, like from the Barrio Logan and from stuff like that, that started like, so you don't want to be those guys. He said you want to be the guy. Yeah, that's he actually money. didn't even want me in the at all. Yeah, he, he wanted me to do something else. But but once he saw that I was just. 
going that path anyway. He's like, all right, just fuck do it the right do way. It, yeah, do it the right way. What ha- so what happened to him? How did he die? He um the war started with the Ariano Felix, the the um of this one of the the uh, bosses of one of, he was a boss of an area. He he flipped. He went to the Sinaloa cartel, and there was a big shootout that happened. It's pretty well known in in Tijuana, like uh sixteen people, like the whole cartel met up because they it was already rumors that the other guy had flipped. So they they actually told him to meet up. He wasn't there, so the shooting started. A lot of people died and stuff. So that was the official breakpoint of the cartel. Oh wow! And after that, you know, um, just like any war, they were like they were telling everybody that would pay good money to the cartel every month. They were like, okay, now you need to pay me them. Yeah. So, so he got this notice from both guys. So he decided to stick with the locals, but he never had people taking care of him because he was always like. One time they tried to. They actually came for. I I, I saw the whole thing. Like I saw. The guys that came out in the newspaper that were actually doing the cleaning that that broke to, from the other cartel that that betrayed the cartel, what they were saying, I saw them run uh, riding around his house, and me and my we saw that. So I called and I was like, "Hey, um, this character, he's he's riding. I just saw him, and they're doing like some weird. Shit. I'm pretty sure they're they're here for you." So he actually called back up, and like ten police cars showed up, and they just started going around. But but I saw them that before the cops. Enter the the neighborhood. They started leaving. They started getting in cars, and they just started mm-hmm. leaving mm-hmm. because they got called that. Hey, the cops are coming. You know. Yeah. So he he got saved from that one. But two days after, they came back and they got him, and um, they killed he, him. He was kidnapped for like two days, and then they they actually left him hanging from a bridge with a banner. So yeah, yeah. he that, didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve that at all. So and Ken, what are you gonna do? He's like, I both both of you want me to pay you. I can't. Uh, you're gonna put me out of business. Yeah. So was that common? Did that become commonplace? Yeah. When, once the war started, it, it became uh, like people were just in the middle of it, like him. Like, so you know I mean? so if you were involved, you had to pick a side. Yeah. And you better hope that side wins because right. both sides were strong. Right. So, I mean, you really had, you either paid both or just stayed out of the way. So how did it work then? The structure of Tijuana, you have uh, all, it's a huge city. You have a barrio, a certain neighborhood who's got a Don, like your Don, uh, what was his Don name? Sergio. Don Sergio. So Don Sergio paid uh, a tax to the cartel, yeah. who at the time was the Ariana Felix brothers. Yeah. But Everybody now, was together, but now- But now Sinaloa is here. So yeah. half of the city is split. Yeah. So you have certain neighborhoods and Dons. Now it's like gangs. Now it's like right. these four blocks are Tijuana. The next five, six blocks are Sinaloa. And the other blocks over there, they're from Jalisco. That's that's the actual stuff right now. And that's right now. That's so now right you have now. three players. Yeah. So would you say that right now is even crazier than oh, yeah. 2006? Yeah, it's getting crazier. It's just really? been getting crazier, yeah. Because back then, um, I don't know. It was just, I mean, you could just see the death toll numbers. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was a few thousands less back in the day right. when the whole war started. But now it's like it's uh, not getting a lot of press now, it, though. No, but back in the days it was mostly like the cartels killing each other. Now it's a lot of like gangs, like like yeah. crackheads killing other crackheads, like yeah. like people killing innocent people because mm-hmm. they're taking advantage that everybody's killing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you kill some, if you have, I don't know, if you argue with your neighbor, you kill them, they're gonna think it's cartel related. Right. You know what I mean? So now now it's shit like that going it's on. Chaos. That's how my uncle got killed. Like he was just, and there's a lot of people, innocent people, not only my uncle that have gotten killed just because. People took advantage of the situation that's going on in the city. So after Don Sergio met his end, uh, how did you move forward? What did you do after that? Uh, well, he he passed right before I got out of my two months that I served in, in the MCC in San Diego. Okay, so how did you get caught 
So, so let's back up. So you're, you're working for him, helping move people across the border. First of all, were they Mexicans, these people, or were they Central Yeah, most of them were Mexicans. And sometimes he would have like Brazilians and Russians and Chinese people. They go way up more. That's like three times their price. But uh, Unless you charge the Europeans No, but they, they actually uh, went through like in cars and stuff like that. I never walked them across. They were, they were, they would go some in, in a different way. Okay. Did you ever drive people through? No, Did I never ever, drove. Okay. I, I drove cars back, like some cars that would cross. Um, I would drive them back. Like they would park them over there and he would be like, Hey, we might need that car again because most of them were stolen too. Mm -hmm. So he might be like, Hey, you know what? We might need that car again. Just bring it back. Uh, and, 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 uh, and I would cross people over and I was already in San Diego. So I'd be like, okay, where's the car? Like, oh, there. Right. go pick up the car and get mm -hmm. it out and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Or the money or, or shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I get out of the MCC two months after. How I, did you get caught? Sorry. I want to oh, know how bad. you got oh, caught. Oh my bad. Uh, they just started checking the cameras and they, they, uh, one of my, one of the guys that was crossing, uh, he got caught and he snitched on me. He was, they were like, who, who was bringing you? And he's like, oh, I was being, uh, I was following that guy. Mm. So two days after I'm, I'm going in with, uh, she was like 17, 18 year old girl from Guadalajara and she was meeting up with her family over here and stuff. It's funny because a lot of these cases are like really heartwarming. Like they're actually going to their family. Like I never crossed any criminals. I, like, I'm not trying to like, right. uh, you know, uh, justify myself, but mm. they were all going to work or they were going back to their families that were mm. being deported and stuff like that. Right. It was all these stories that really touch your, you know, of course. Your heart, well, criminals you know? can I, cross themselves. Yeah, like I, they don't need a guy I, like you. I crossed you know? this old couple one time. Uh, not, not the, not both of them, but I think I crossed the wife. They were like, they're really old, like, like, like old people. And I remember the, the husband, as soon as I, I dropped her off, he, like he, the, um, his son was going to pay me the, the, the son of the lady he was going to pay me cash. So we're waiting for him, but he was so happy. He started taking like his cash from his pockets. He's like, just take it. Out. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, no, no, no. I'm getting like the, like, no, yeah. not like that. Yeah. I didn't even want to take his yeah, money. Yeah. No, like, no, not like that. But he wow. was just so happy like to have his wife to back. To be reunited like, with his wife. Like I said, I'm not trying wow. to justify my shit, mm. but I mean, it's really just a line, you know, yeah, it's, it's it just is. really, it, 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 you see that and it's, it, it's just crazy. So, well, especially now, I mean, uh, you know, with the caravans now, it's, it's, I can't even imagine. It's, it's literally people looking for a better life. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's some people that might want to come in here and like do some shady shit. I like, like always, but just like says there's Americans that go over there and do shady shit in Mexico. I, you know what I mean? I think most people but don't. Most people most are, people most don't. people are actually looking for a better life. Most people. And, and, and I noticed that I, I lived that. I saw mm -hmm. that, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, uh, going back to, I got caught. I I'm, I'm crossing this girl back and, uh, they're following They let, They actually let us through. And they got, they, I get on the trolley and I remember my friend, he was with me and he had a couple, he was going to bring a, a somebody too, but he, his got caught. And I remember he was like, nah, man, what if they, they're following us? What are they onto us? And there, I remember there was this white guy, I tell this in concrete, there was this white old guy next to me sitting on the trolley. And I was like, in Spanish, I was like, it's probably this guy, bro. And if he is, man, he could go. So like, whatever. I started talking shit about him. In, in reality, Spanish? Uh, in Spanish. But it was the guy behind me, the cop. <laughs> he was he was just standing right next to me. And he was listening to everything because I, I I go a few stations on Palomar Street and and once I'm making a drop, once the car shows up and and I open the door for the girl to get in, I, all these undercover cars just start popping and I'm like ah like already like from then on, I was like damn. So they start talking shit in Spanish. Like, Is that you. Homeland Security? Yeah, it was Homeland Security, yeah. and and they started treating me bad because they thought I was a Mexican. Until they pulled out my passport. And then one guy, I remember, he was like, hey, no, he's a USC. Which one? He's a USC. And they start like, like whispering and stuff. And that's where I was like, oh, is the handcuffs too tight? Or oh, you want to sit over Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. It was really? funny. It was different. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why is that? Because they think you're going to sue? I don't know. To be honest, I don't really think. Is it think, racism? I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what kind of uh, 
Because most of these guys are Mexican, the cops, right? They're Mexican. Uh, no, they were right? white. Uh, they're well, white guys. Well, actually, the guy that was talking shit to me was Mexican. Of course, but he after was. they found out that I was a U.S. citizen, they sent me to the white couple because it was a, a couple of white cops, and mm. they actually had the undercover cop as the family car. They actually had like kids' toys and like a baby seat. I was I was uh, taken right next to a baby seat, and there was just a mess. So I think they're actually. I, if they weren't, they really play the couple yeah. version. You know, they yeah. really pulled off that one. But uh, but yeah, I get called. They take me back to the border, and I'm just like, okay, what time am I? What time are you guys taking me to MCC? Because at like, this time, my family and a bunch of my friends have been to MCC, so I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna know somebody at MCC. So of course. I'm, I'm pretty chilling. You know what I mean? I'm and like, you know, I know I'm, 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 you know I'm not doing a lot of time. Right. I'm no, I'm pretty like I, I I'm in a situation but it could be way worse yeah let's put it like yeah. that so i'm trying to be like whatever you if know? you get caught driving is the penalty different if you get caught with a bunch of people like in your car if trying there, to cross if, there, if if you're risking the lives uh, um i think yeah you you get like you get charged for risking the, because back then i don't know if you remember but they used to cross people like in gas tanks yeah or stuff like that so that's that's literally like some people would die and stuff like yeah. that so now if you have them in a in a, in a compartment where they're, they're risking their lives, I think you get charged for shit like that too. What about, do they take people, you know, I met tons of Mexicans when I was locked up. A uh, few of them, they said they took a boat around, you know, obviously on the ocean. The, the, yeah, yeah, do yeah. they still do that? Do yeah, they cross yeah, people they, like that? Yeah. They, wow. So they I cross, imagine. They, there's the ways to cross that you can't even imagine. What like are some the, of the craziest ways that people get smuggled across? <laughs> well, I don't know if they still do this, but I'm going to tell you one that they used to do back in the day. I don't know if you've been to the the um in Tijuana the the right on the border by the beach. There's a park in the U.S. side where they sometimes meet with the families and they do this this uh, meets where they 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 actually the cops will open the border so families could actually interact and stuff like that. But but in that park there's a lot of bikers that go out there and just bike. So what would they would do in the Mexican side? You they would dress you up with the whole biker suit and they just jump the border and then just start you know and uh, then just ride yeah, and just, just, just ride, ride as just fast ride, as you like, can yeah. wow. and then just wave at the uh, the uh, border patrol at the border that, patrol yeah. yeah and and that's some of the the funny ways wow. that uh, yeah. that's hilarious that's hilarious. <laughs> but boats yeah boats jet skis all that it's, yeah that's always been active yeah and I'm not even like putting anyone out this no. has been going everybody on everybody knows that yeah, it's just it's just shit. like drugs it's a crap yeah, shoot. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. some of some of you will get picked up you know I imagine you just go at night and you floor it yeah you know? yeah and that that's when you see people that uh, running videos from people running in La Jolla Beach or something like that they just pull up and they just right. start riding and stuff yeah but yeah so I, I get caught and and um and I'm I'm I know I'm chilling because I'm I'm not gonna do a lot of time if any you know, so I'm like hey what's up what time are you taking me to MCC and then I remember one of the cops he was like well if you're willing to give your declaration right now I'll have you out there by the morning and I was like well so what do you want to know he's like just tell us what what you were doing I was like all right for sure so I just made up this phony ass story about I was like no I work for a guy named El Chapo but he's not like the Chapo <laughs> just there's a lot of El Chapos and you know hey. any, they, we call Chapos any short guy in Mexico any short guy oh. is, is, is like shorty yeah. you know what I mean it's, it's a very typical name so I was like yeah and, and how do you bring him to the board I was like I just drove a taxi what's the number of the taxi oh 7345 like I just started coming like mm. with all this fake shit and then um, they actually let me call my mom it's after like, I was like alright I, I told everything like, can I tell my mom and this and I told my mom, I called my mom, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be locked up, whatever, this and that, can you come get my stuff and just do the regular shit. So they did, they actually sent me to MCC right like, like in mm. the morning, a few hours later. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I got Did you bail out? Yeah, I bailed out. Yeah, because you're a U.S. citizen, yeah, so yeah, you can I, get out. Yeah, they, yeah. I, as soon as they approved my bail, I got bailed out. Yeah. That was a week. 
So I just had to go back and do two months. When I got sentenced, I got sentenced for like 60 days. And uh, I mean, even my probation was laughing, not laughing, but he was like, I can't believe this is a crime. Like he was, he yeah. was like, I can't believe you're being charged for aiding and abetting. So where you know do you mean? do 60 days of federal time? At the MCC. Okay. So that's like, that's the jail, but for people that are that's charged federal. federally. That's federal. Right. So, so you get federal all, the jail. all the big conspiracies, yeah. they're there. They're yeah. getting there. And I mean, you have the GEO and you have the CCA, but, but it's always like the MCC, like the main one. That's. And you well, were telling big, me when you were in there, that's when you really started making connections. Yeah, well, it's funny, and and I compare this to like the the Forrest Gump story because some uh, I know a lot of people that went big in the cartel, and it's not because I ever worked with them. We're just friends from the mural, the graffiti. Mm -hmm. We're just friends from the hood, yeah. from parties and stuff. And then, uh, and uh, I have a lot of friends that I, I always kind of click in with people where I, where I go. So. Now these people, they appreciate me and stuff. So I know I ha kind of have a connection with them. So when I'm in jail and I start listening to these names of big conspiracy stuff, I'm like, oh, I know this guy. And he's, he's the, like, all of a sudden I am aware that I was like, oh shit, I know a lot. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't, you don't know how deep you are and stuff like that until you started like talking like yeah. in prison with other people. And I'm like, 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 cause I'm 19, I'm 18, 19. So I'm talking, I'm having talks with like these 30 something year old guys, these 20 something that are with big conspiracies and stuff. And, and, and I'm part of the conversation. So I'm like, damn, like, I'm, I, I know a lot. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, so like I said, once, once you're like in the groove, the more doors open, like the more you, you're well known, they, you got good word from your friends, you mm -hmm. know, you, you, they start trusting you more. So yeah. I start, I just start making more friends. And the thing that happened is I do my 60 days. I'm just chilling. So I get out and I remember, I still remember one of those guys. He's like, bro, you're going to be back in no time. I was like, man, like I, I'm not trying to go back and I was back next year because of violations. Like I never picked up another charge. I haven't picked up since, since 2009. I haven't picked up any other charge because I haven't done shit anymore. So I've been straight, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, but after that, I didn't pick up any charge. My, I only went back because of violations, just like going to TJ without permission. Yeah. Testing, stupid shit. Test, yeah. Oh, testing positive on a dirty test and shit yeah. like that. And I actually got sentenced to four months in prison for a violation more for I, I did more time for my violations than for my crime. I did right. four months for violation in jail, and then four months in the halfway house. And then in the halfway house, I got kicked out on the third month because we're we're um, body shots with the Sinaloa, the Tijuana against Sinaloa. So I mean, it was just fun. It was pure fun. Yeah. We're all friends, right. but we're starting like the Tijuanas. We started like, yeah, you from teacher, you gotta be on your shit. So we just started just having like a right. little program in the halfway house, yeah. and then the Sinaloas were laughing. So I was like, oh, so like, and we started going against each other. But it was really like we were really each other up in a friendly way mm. that one day one of the homies was showering one of the, my friend he, he's from Sinaloa he was he was in the shower and he was all bruised up from the ribs yeah. so one CEO saw him and he was like nah that you guys are not playing and everybody's like nah we're playing like, you see we're cool we're, we're with us every day but they were like nah nah this is not playing so they wanted to send us back to for a violation they wanted to send us back to jail and then I talked to my probation I was like look man if you send me back home I'm not gonna get in trouble because I live with my mom and stuff mm. I'm, I'm like 20, 20 something year but I was like, but if you keep me in this place where I'm just with criminals, I'm, I'm, it's probably more common that I'm going to keep getting in trouble. Yeah. And he actually took my word. He's like, all right, I'm going to let you live with your family for this last year of probation that you have. But if you do anything, I'm, I'm going to send you back for eight months and then you're going to do another year of probation. And, and for that year, I actually like, got a job and I stayed clean and mm. everything until I got off probation. Now, what happened, uh, you know, Don Sergio gets killed. Yeah, my bad. I, I get out on the first two months that I do and I go back to TJ and we meet up. He's happy to see me mm -hmm. that I only did a few times and stuff. And he actually, the last time I saw him, he told me, I got this big job that we're going to do and it's going to make us a lot of money. He told me, like, I got this job for 
for both of us is going to make a lot of money. Just wait here for me. I'll be back. I'm going to a meeting. He went to a meeting. And then that's the day when, where I saw people that were uh, like roaming his house. So he didn't go back to the hood that day. And then uh, that's the last time I see him. I just talked to him on the phone like, hey, when are we going to have that meeting? So I was like, just let me go back home, whatever this and that. So he went to the house the next day and that's when they and got And then he up. got kidnapped. And that's right. what, yeah. So, uh, and what did you do after that? Did you get out of the life or did you just start going deeper? No, I, I yeah, I start, um, I couldn't really do a lot because I was on probation, mm. but I, I, I was like middle manning stuff. Well, know? here's the thing though. How, if you're in Mexico, how does probation in the U.S. even apply to that? Well, in the border, they, they let a lot of people uh, go back and forth. DJ, if you have, let's say, if, if, I'm, if I didn't have any family in San Diego, I could ask like, hey, I have my family. I mean, I can still keep reporting. As long as I don't miss no my, my reporters and my right. pizzas and anything, right. they'll be like, okay. But if, if you have family in San Diego, so they're like, nah, you, you got to stay over here. But even then, they'll, you can ask for permissions. If you're doing good and stuff, it'll be mm -hmm. like, hey, uh, I got this family event in mm -hmm. San Diego. Can I go to my grandma's house? And, okay, you can go on Saturday, but come be back here by Sunday. What kind of cooperation is there? Say you catch a charge in San Diego, right? They catch you with some dope. You violated probation, whatever. You go on the run back to TJ. What kind of like, what kind of odds... Like, do they let the cops know down there? Yeah, they look actually for this have, guy. They actually, ha there's this. It's called enlace in Spanish, which in English would translate to. Uh, enlace is like a uh, spear. Like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, like a this. connection. Uh -huh. I think kind of like like a like a hook or a plug type uh -huh. thing, where it's uh, it's the yeah, it's Homeland Security, not Homeland. Security, the marshals, the marshals, they take care of the the fugitives. Yeah. So there's a group of marshals that is connected with a group of state police in Mexico. Yeah. That uh, that I think well, word on the street was that they actually pay them for every uh, American fu American fugitive that they caught and they uh, bring back. Right. The the word on the street there's they actually get a. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, that, or else they get paid. Yeah, you got to pay for everything in yeah, Mexico. Yeah, but but yeah, they like if, if if state cops over there pull you over and they run your name like and you have shit over here, they will turn you in. But the state cops are so f dirty, man. The the idea is you got to have enough money to outbid. The U.S. Marshals, I would, I would think, yeah, right? Yeah, unless they, yeah, and and that's why you see a lot of, uh, I mean, Conejo, that's that's what they did to him. Yeah, they sent him to state police, which in this case was at Calderon. Yeah, and uh, and they cut him back. But if you see, they don't really do that to like the bosses. They don't do that to bosses. They don't do it because yeah. the bosses can outpay of the marshals. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. word in the street back in the day was that the cops were get, they were getting like five hundred bucks or something like that. I mean, that's what people mm -hmm. were saying in the street. I'm probably mm -hmm. pretty sure it was more. But uh, but I mean, you you're well aware that any cartel boss can top five hundred dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course. Can uh, now when Don Sergio died, did you get into you know after you got off probation, did you get into drugs at all? Did you get into drug smuggling? Yeah, I, I uh, like I said, I was middlemaning in Mexico. I was uh, I had friends, I knew drivers that cross shit, and I knew people that had shit to cross. So I would just put them together. Great. Okay, this is fascinating. Drivers. American citizens, right? Or whatever, as long as they, as long as one of the, the things they look for, and this is not putting any business, anybody's business out there, it's pretty well known. They look for the people that cross every day, like either you work with her, you go to school with her and stuff like that. So that's, that's the most people that you want to trust. Okay. You know? So you say you got a group, you got drug traffickers, right? In Mexico, they need drivers. Yeah. So they tell you because you're American you're connected well, they, over there. They, they're actually asking everybody. Like, not even, you don't even have right. to be there. Like, if you're moving shit, 
In TJ, everybody has gotten that offer. Hey, do you know anybody? That's, you know, and everybody, bro. This can, is not. I'm not. I'm not snitching on me or right, no, like no, anybody no. in TJ. No, I'm just telling this to camera because I always get these comments. Like in, when I went to Concrete, they were like, "Oh, this guy's dead." When he goes back to TJ, I'm like, "Bro, I'm in TJ every day. Like, yeah. what are you talking yeah. about? Like the the shit I'm I'm saying right here, it's well known where I'm from. Like in my community, right. shit like that is is there's no secrets. That, because in Tijuana, anybody can get drugs wholesale. Yeah, anybody. It's, it's the drivers. Anybody can get in the mix, let alone drugs. Like you could become whatever right. you want, just asking. Like it, it seems like the drug dealers need the drivers. Yeah, oh, drivers are needed every day. Drivers, drivers, drivers are, are needed more every day. That's drugs. why. That's why. Um, I, so, how uh, were you middlemanning? Where, where did you come in? What did you? Who were you helping? The dealers or the drivers? I just knew both sides. I just know a lot of people. I've always known a lot of people. So, like, eventually, I knew. Uh, let's say if you're like, hey, my, uh, if you, we're just talking, and you're like, yeah, my cousin's been making good money because he's been running shit across the board, and I, and I, I have one of my friends that, well, actually, everybody needs drivers. So, like, there's always people needing drivers. So, as soon as you hear about one driver, you're like, hey. You think he's down for, you know, and you're like, I could ask him, you know, whatever. And then you ask him, hey, the, here's, here you go, your, his number, uh, get in contact. And I'll get in talk, contact with him. He's like, you're down. It's, it's this. What am I crossing? Well, it's this, this, this. Okay. What are you, how do you cross it? Well, I cross him in the spare tire. I cross him in, I got a hidden compartment, whatever it yeah. is. And I'll be like, okay. I tell, you know, sometimes I wouldn't even do all that. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, this is my friend. He needs shit across. You cross shit. You guys do your thing, whatever. And, and then, then you just take a. My friends so would be like, "Hey, I got, I got your money." You kick know, you off every time they, he'll, and then I wouldn't know, want to know anything else. You know, they'd be okay. Like, so, so, so sh little shit like that. How, you know? how does one? What is the going rate for crossing something in Tijuana? Well, this is back in the day. Right now, I wouldn't even know because I just, like, I still know friends, but we we don't have those type of conversations anymore. Okay, we, but back I mean? in the day, back we'll, in the day, we'll account was, for inflation later. Back in the day, how much did it cost to get, um. Let's say I got, make it simple, five pounds of meth. What is that going to take? What do I have to pay you to drive that across? I remember, uh, I don't know about five pounds of meth, but I remember this this lady, she was crossing in her vagina. She was crossing, uh, I think it was like a, like a QP, like a quarter, not, not, not QP, like a, a quarter kilo of, uh, of Coke. So like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, she would bring like a quarter every time she crossed, but she would put it in her vagina. It was this big Nine ass ounces yeah, of coke. Yeah. And, uh, and she would drive that across. She would drive it across, yeah. She was a big lady, so yeah. I'm guessing like, you know what I mean? She yeah, never there had was, any trouble there was doing room it. down there. But she was getting a thousand bucks for every quarter of the kilo. So, so that's kind of like... So nine ounces for about a thousand no, bucks for nine uh, ounces. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so that's not very much money. <laughs> yeah, that's not because it's like uh, what they call it, uh, like ant, like little by little, like you know, micro, yeah, micro smuggling. Micro that's what, that, that's what Do you think most of the smuggling now is micro smuggling? No, there's a lot of micro smuggling, but there's a lot of macro mm -hmm. smuggling mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Now, do those drivers? I always wonder because the drivers who are driving the big commercial trucks, trucks yeah. they get caught with enough dope to send a whole city away for life. Right. It's silly, but they don't own the dope. They don't, they, no, they, they get paid with money, but do some of them cross and don't even know that they have nah, most of them. No, most of them. No, but aren't you able to get it? Couldn't you, couldn't a good lawyer be like, look, he just drives for this trucking company. He's not responsible. He doesn't pack the jalapenos. Those are made in a factory in Jalisco. Yeah, but I, but for all that, you got to go to, you gotta, you know, at first when you get caught, they, they, the, the feds, they'll be like, look, if you, if you, if you, what do you call it? Um, when you're, when you accept the charges, 
If you plead guilty? guilty, if you plead guilty for this, we won't charge you for all of this. We'll give you a little time, but don't make us waste money on going to trial. Of course not. That's but that's with everybody. But but in order for you to do that, to be like no, to prove the company is not here, that you got to go to trial. And most people don't want to go to trial because you know eventually probably you're going to yeah. be guilty. You know what I mean? Okay, so so, so you think the drivers just take the so the drivers the time. just take the better? Yeah. What, yeah. what do they usually get? Ten years. I mean, yeah. If you get ten, you do seven type thing. Wow. So that's, you know, cause I met Cena Lowens that took uh, a conspiracy for a pound of meth to trial and they lost, they blew trial and they gave him 15 years. So yeah, if you get caught with a whole, you get caught with 300 you kilos don't of fentanyl, trial. Yeah, yeah. They, you might they just tell plead, you, you can plead out right they away. They just tells you, if you don't take the plea and you're guilty if we, and we found you guilty, you're going to get the max. Yeah. So yeah. it's not that deal. That's why, that's why that deal is so tempting. Right. You know what I mean? And I bet, I bet it's so common that they can't give everybody life. Cause it's, ha it's, it happens every day. So they got to just move people through the system. Mm -hmm. They're like, you got caught with a and, whole And I'm pretty sure you're aware that, that going to trial is, is a lot of money. Yeah. Going to trial. So like but they, they, they try to, they try, they try to, to avoid that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So it's, uh, but you were dealing basically with micro smugglers. Like you were yeah, connecting. Yeah more, yeah, more for micro, micro. Yeah, not not really like trucks and big stuff like that. I mean, I have friends that cross like 10, 15 people, 20 people at the same time over the, the on the Cerro, on the mountains and stuff like that. They do stuff like that. Really? And some of those people might be carrying shit. So, oh, you know? okay. Tell so, us about that. What does that look like? Well, what they do, well, what they did back in the day, I don't know if they, I'm pretty sure they still do it. And they do it all along the, the even in Sonora and Arizona mm -hmm. and all these places. They, I mean, if you have like 20, 30 illegal immigrants, you might as well give them a little backpack with like a kilo each. You know what I mean? That's 20 kilos and 20 illegal immigrants. That's bank. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And, then, so, and will they, what if they refuse? Well, it depends on the, on the, on the, on the cartel. Right. Because I cartels. know a lot of the, on in the, TJ, they don't really, they don't really abuse. They don't trip like, like that. that. Like, right. But I've heard like in stuff in Tamaulipas and shit like that, where they actually like kidnap them and stuff and like that. And they force them Yeah, to it's, cross it's rough it. out there. But uh, in TJ, it's not really, in TJ, what's going on that, that's a, the part is now they got the, well, they would, um, what they do now is if, if they know you cross the border a lot, they follow you home and, and they put shit on your, without you knowing oh, with the GPS and yeah. stuff. And they just follow you across the border and stuff like that. And it sucks because people literally don't know. So there's, a, there's been a lot of cases where people are getting caught, but even honestly, if, that's win-win. That's kind of, that's <laughs> in my opinion, that's win-win because, yeah, yeah, because but, but it, I mean the people that get caught, like, uh, they still go through a little process. No, no, no like, it's uh, horrible. Yeah, I course. mean, they don't get the car back. Yeah, oh, they they probably lost their job because it's a three to six month process yeah. to prove you're like, look, I'm a cleaner. Yeah, so I mean, it sucks for the victim, man. Like yeah. that's literally a victim right there because yeah, it is. people are doing that. And I, but like you said, if you see it from the streets, I get like that's win win. That's you know, a this. sweet sweet yeah. deal because because some of the some of the drivers have trouble staying uh, calm when they're like. Yeah. When they're about to cross. Yeah. But if you literally don't know that you have shit. You're, you're so calm. It's you're probably on your regular day. You're drinking yeah. coffee, just yeah. going to work, you know? Yeah. And while you're at work park, some people taking the shit out of Dude, place. I literally think we did an episode <laughs> on the connect about this. We're like, if I was going to smuggle drugs, I would uh, strap it to somebody you didn't know. Yeah. Well, there's people like, let's say there's people that smuggle people and they would just like, they would just tell the person like, just jump in the, in the trunk Yeah. and get out when the car stops. You know, <laughs> so I mean, shit. Yeah, it's crazy, man. That's that's you, some of the part that I I be telling. Like, I know I know people that have done that or whatever, and I'm like, bro, that's like I know you're winning, but that's that. Yeah, that's a little fucked up. Like. So, how did your friends? You're getting older now. You're in your twenties. You're starting to make music. 
uh, right? Or what do you what do no, you get into? The thing into? is, I started selling weed. Oh, I, that's I, right. I started yes. taking weed too because I love this hustle. Yeah, um, I, I was doing that middleman shit, but um, I I didn't want to. After my friends got killed, I didn't want to be a lot like out there, you know. Mm-hmm. So I started. I kind of like downgraded to something. I found a safe spot mm-hmm. where I, I could still deal with like be friends with cartel people and stuff like that. But I was selling weed, and back then nobody was selling American weed, so. Cartel thinks like weed is not a lot of money. If you're like a dealer of weed, they're like, oh, he's selling like Reggie, like $20 ounces. How much money could he be making? Yeah. How much can you make in Mexico I'm, I'm, selling Mexican weed? I'm making weed? like $250, $300 ounces type thing. So right. like, so I'm just making good money. And actually I, 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 I'm selling to some of the, some of my friends that are now becoming bosses. So I'm selling them weed because we're friends and they're like, hey bro, can you give me some? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm, so are you just selling them personal amounts or do they? No, personal amounts. Got no, it. they're not even willing to, the, not like right now, people are in the business right now, but back then they didn't really, they weren't even right. caring about the, mm-hmm. the legal yeah. weed business. Yeah. So I'm just getting them the good weed and stuff. And right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just their friend, you know? And, yeah. and, but I'm, I'm, I start going out to clubs and stuff and, and I started seeing people I hadn't seen in a while, you know? And I remember, I remember one of my friends, he, he showed up and he's like, Hey, what's up, bro? And I seen him in a little, uh, another a few dudes you know they look w- there was a nice club was like a fancy like like fresa club what we call yeah, it hong there. kong we've, we've no, 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 that's, that's not fresa at all. That's, that, that's not fancy at all i'm talking about like a fancy nightclub where you <laughs> well, see don't say that's not fancy i'm <laughs> trying to go there for my bachelor party oh, no, man I mean, I mean but that that's why you want to go because it's not fancy you want to you want to get the you know <laughs> you want to be in the in the raw spots but yeah i mean once uh we should do an ad read for hong kong on this show is this and not the shout out to know, Hong Kong and shout yeah. out to my friends that work in Hong Kong? Yeah, I have promoted it a lot. I talk about Hong Kong in every episode. Yeah. I, I've known girls that work in Hong Kong since I was little. Yeah, the baddest year. bitches. Yeah, the baddest bitches. Yep. Shout out to all of them. Love you. And uh, <laughs> but um, but now it was the, this fancy clubs where like the high end people go to and shit like that. So uh, I remember I saw one of my friends that I hadn't seen in a while from the hood. He's not from my hood, but it was from those times. And uh, he was with other guys just like looking like all suspicious, you know, like low hats mm-hmm. and stuff. They didn't look like they were paying to be there, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, and he was like, hey, what's up? Like, haven't seen you, whatever, this and that. He's like, I'm actually uh, I'm actually here with El Señor. That's what he said. I'm here with the boss, whatever. And at this time, I met a lot. I mean, there's there's all these people that think they are, you know, that, that, that oh, I'm working for whatever, you know? So so now when you get somebody like that, I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. He's probably just doing some small shit, whatever. So he's like, I want to introduce you to him. And I was like, okay, let's go. I'm always like, meeting people and stuff. I'm never like, the, eh, nah, I don't want to, you know. So I go over there and it's actually one of the guys that uh, became a boss. He was, he was already kind of like known there. He was making his name, his mm-hmm. way because he's a little uh, younger than me. But he eventually became, now he's one of the, the bosses. And he's still, he's still he's, active. Yeah, he's still active right how now. How does somebody, before we get into your little hustle, which I love, yeah. how does, how do you become a boss? You just survive and then try to, <laughs> Stay relevant, stay making money. Mm. Um, but do you do you start out with an organization? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, uh, it depends. I mean, there's cases of of people that, uh, let's say there, there was this group of cousins. They were a family, and mm-hmm. they used to move a lot of drugs, but they weren't really with the cartel. They were just copying the drugs from the but they weren't work for them. You know mm. what I mean? But they just had a lot of like, like there was just a bunch of them, like cousins and friends and stuff that they were like their own little gang. Like they had guns, they would patrol the streets and shit like that, but they weren't with nobody. But then the cartel started like hearing about their names. So there's people now asking about like, Hey, who are these guys? Whatever. So now they, they join a faction. Like they actually got invites from like a bunch of factions from the cartel mm-hmm. because they were really effective mm-hmm. that, that they just went with the best. 
And uh, there's cases like that. And then there's cases of people that grew up in the cartel that, right. that was working for this guy, but he got caught and now you work for this guy. He, he killed, got killed, so now you work for this guy. And if you just keep doing good and then, you know. So it's about money. It's if you're a good earner, it's you a, can yeah, work your way It's a little bit in. of everything because, I mean, there's, there's. Because in, 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 I. But it, there's narcos that don't want to mess with the politics. They, there's narcos that just want to do their, make their money and they don't care about the politics. They don't care about Sinaloa against this guy. They don't care about nothing. But do they, they but, still have to pay up though, don't they? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, if you're really up there, you're already working for the boss. So you don't really have to pay nobody. You know, you're already moving shit for the boss if you're really up there. So there's not really somebody to pay. It's not like when the Ariyanas were here, like, no, nah, you got to pay the company. Like, nah, there's a lot of independent ones that, I mean, uh, if you're friends with a uh, cartel boss and sometimes you help them move this and that, you, you don't have to pay, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're good. So, so how does your, I, I guess, cause but, you know, I mean, like where we were going is I think to become a boss, you gotta be, you gotta have a little bit of everything. You gotta be involved in the politics. You gotta be involved in the drug trade. You gotta be involved with the war, whoever you guys are beefing with. Yeah. You gotta stay on top. You gotta be really be like a leader, you know? And, yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. To, you have to pay off to authority. Authority. You, have to you gotta cops kill on your people side. that want to kill you. You gotta, you know, you gotta, do a little bit of everything mm -hmm. because if you just want to make money, there's people like that. There's people that are living happy, just making money, right. not worrying about just being drug traffickers. Just being drug traffickers, right. and you, they don't even look like drug traffickers. You know, they're just living regular right. entrepreneurial life, and and, that, and that's chilling. you know we were in in Culiacan, and you don't even know this, Brian. We were having seafood. They got really good uh, seafood in oh, in Sinaloa, best, right? Yeah. And there's this family that had this tiny little seafood restaurant, just like in the barrio, like outdoors, right? It mm -hmm. just looked like somebody's patio mm -hmm. in a house, but it was, they had this delicious seafood operation going. And we found out our guide was like, oh yeah, these are some of the biggest fentanyl investors <laughs> in Culiacan. <laughs> Damn. And they're just like, like dorky white dudes, like dudes like my father, yeah. just really like, can we do anything because for you? They wanted a picture with us afterwards. And months later, Luis was like, oh yeah, these guys put millions behind fentanyl. So I don't know <laughs> if it's like that as much in Tijuana. I don't know. Yeah, I, it is. It's, it's, it's that mindset of, of the business mindset, like whatever makes money. Like there's some people that, that have like regular companies, like legal companies and stuff, but if they can invest a few hundred thousand bucks and, 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 and double them up real quick with like their narco friend, they would do it. Really? And some of them people are not even in the spotlight because they only do it like once every month, once every six months or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, they just flip a little bit of money. But it's, it's that business mentality. Like they don't want nothing with the politics. They don't care if El Chapo was in war with whoever and they don't care if who's king, who they just, it's just business. You know what I mean? It's just money. They never see guns. They never see none of that shit. They just, just pure investment. Now, if, if a load of cocaine, say 200 bricks, 200 keys makes it across, who's the first point of contact in San Diego, like who's getting them? Is it somebody that's, is it just a gang from San Diego? No, I think it depends on whoever's load that is. Right, yeah. Right. Because most like also the loads, they could be like 50 kilos of somebody, 50 kilos of somebody. Right. So you got to uh, send them to whoever the guy that sent them wants you to give them to, you know, that's why some of them are stamped and shit like yeah. that because they, yeah, yeah. It's just now do, do kilos get stepped on in Tijuana? Are they already ready to go? Uh, well, they, they again, it, I think it depends on the, like, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure there's fools that are stepping on that yeah. shit when they get up here, but I'm pretty sure there's people that don't, you know, so. Now I've, in Culiacan, fentanyl selling, like selling of it retail to, yeah. to customers is completely illegal. Yeah. The cartel will kill you. That's like an automatic death sentence. That's good. They know what it does to people, right. <laughs> but in Tijuana, fentanyl I've heard is everywhere now. Is that true? 
I don't know if everywhere, but uh, in like Tijuana, people are smoking it, using the, the, it. The difference of Tijuana and Culiacan is Tijuana is a border town. Yeah. So everybody's sending drugs to Tijuana, like Culiacan sending drugs to everybody. So a lot of stuff is not going to make it across. A lot of stuff is going to be kept in Tijuana mm -hmm. for their sale because, like like we were saying earlier, the community in Tijuana and San Diego is so blended in that Tijuana, I think, sometimes is more California mm -hmm. than Baja California. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of junkies from San Diego copying the drugs in, in TJ. So if you're a drug smuggler, you don't need to sell, you don't need to uh, uh, export your drugs because they're coming to get it. So you might as well have a little shop in TJ and let, trade. let all yeah. these drug addicts from, from San Diego, all these white dudes, all the bums, all those stuff, come and get their shit over here and I just save my money, you know? Right, and you don't have to risk sending it across. That's why a lot of, that's why there's drugs, that's why the movement in Tijuana is way different than how it is in the rest of the country. Because totally. The, the, it's a the whole different movement. It's so different yeah. than the rest of Mexico. Yep. So uh, you've got now legal weed that you buy and we're buying in dispensaries first time deals. in LA and you're in San Diego. You could drive. There's no border going into Mexico. You could just well, they, drive they, it they, in. They, they check back in those days. They only check for like guns or big amounts of money. Right. They never really check. Like if, if I have a couple ounces or whatever, and you like just a drive through. I just drive through. There's and, nobody and, at work in the checkpoints. And, and it's not burnt. It's not a burnt business. Yeah. Like nobody's, driving weed back yeah, to Mexico. Exactly. Nobody got this, but I'm even laughing while I'm doing it. And then I even had a Facebook page, you know, called Tijuana 420. And that's where I just, I just posted, I never posted, I sold weed. Right. I just posted good pictures of weed and people got the hang of it. They of would, course. They would be like, hey, you got anything for sale? You got it? And then I would check them out and ask about them and stuff. And that's why I started selling to a lot of musicians because they were, it was an easy way for me to uh, find find out of who they were. Like, yeah. oh, they play for this group. So I'll just be like, hey, is he cool? Yeah, if he plays in a group, he's most likely a regular guy yeah. that wants to smoke. Right. So that's how I started getting the mix with music. I love music. I, I've always been the guy with headphones always. So yeah. I already love music. I love corridos. I love rap. So now that that all these musicians, that, that Norteño musicians that are looking for me for weed, so I started getting advantage. I'm like, okay, I have something that they want and they have something that I want. So yeah. I start getting... You know, wow. I start selling to these famous people and stuff like that, and they publish me on their and so I'm started building a hype on the on the weed. Wow! And brand. you started branding it. You started like yeah, putting well, the brand on well, it. What one of the brands was that I always bought from the certain dispensary is closed now, and they had their their stickers. So what really helped is that um, there was this, there's this famous rapper people know uh, it's called Cartel de Santa from Monterrey. It's called Babo. He came to TJ for a presentation, but he was some of my girlfriends that I know and they were like, Hey, he's trying to pick up like a lot of weed. Can you, can you sell me some? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I sent him a lot of pre-rules and stuff with the sticker of the dispensary on it. So he posted it on the Instagram. So now all the people that follow me, they're like, Oh, he sold to him. Like, wow. Oh, he's like, you know, people hype yeah, that shit up. You know course. what I mean? So now I'm getting this hype and I started meeting since I'm starting getting the music and Oh, there's, there's one friend that I met in jail that he actually has a company of, uh, he rents stages for big artists. Mm. So now every time he has a show in TJ, he's like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm working for this guy. You want to come through and check out the show, be in stage with me, whatever. And I'll be like, okay, so now I'm getting to know people that work the light engineer for uh, uh, Residente, who's pretty famous, you know, uh, Juanes, all these people from Puerto Rico and stuff. Uh. Like, but their staff is buying weed for me. So every time somebody big comes, they call me, they're like, Hey, can wow. you bring us some stuff? So now I start getting this hype that I, I sell to like these major artists wow. at the same time, mixing a lot with the local Norteños mm -hmm. and, and corridos and stuff. And so, the, and your cartel friends are, are the, the and bosses are buying keep it from you up. too. Yeah, and they're right. buying it. They keep growing. They're not, they letting me work. They're letting me do my thing because they don't really care about weed. So, so you've got like a good business. Now. Everything's, everything's How much great. weed are you moving a week? Uh, I, uh, uh, around that moment, it wasn't a lot. 
it was like six ounces, you know, stuff like that. But eventually I started copying like four pounds every, every week. Wow. And just selling it down and, there. And, 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 yeah. And, and like wow. pounds and, and pre-rolls and wax pens yeah. and edibles and all this stuff. But now it's like, now they're checking the border because it, a few years went by and now like people started getting caught in the border, people, right. you know, shit like that. So now I'm actually transporting it. Like if it was. Like if I was going in the U.S., yeah, like now no I got to pack it up and hide yeah. it and do oh all this my God. shit. I got to pay a driver, you know, I got to wow. do all this shit because now it's the business grew a little bit. Yeah. So, but now the border is hot now. So like, right. yeah, it's all this. Yeah. It's, that's that's why I stopped too. Like once I started getting the music and stuff like that and I just saw like more people were doing it. People were branding their shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I kind of like the old school selling way, you know, like the. Yeah, like, Word like of mouth. The, yeah. You had yeah, to yeah. have the good product and you had to yeah, have yeah. the hustle. So I, I kind of got a little way with like, sometimes now I have connections of people like in Guadalajara stuff that would be like, Hey, can you give me a few pounds of this? So like, and I know connections. So I just middleman that like, yeah, yeah I got, I could get you this. How many pre-rolls you want? You want some of the backpack boys? You want a, a wax pants, whatever, yeah. because now everybody's selling it in the South. Everybody's bringing to Mexico the legal wow. shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know that people, Dominicans in New York are sending, they're catching huge shiploads of weed getting sent to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. I'm you know pretty sure I mean? everybody that's, everybody's getting American weed. It's because it's it, it's so flooded in America. Yeah. The prices have in LA and San Diego, especially, have now come down <laughs> yeah. to like cheaper than what you get it in Mexico yeah. for. Yeah. And it's the highest quality. Yep. So, you know, like a lot of people in Mexico have a lot of money. You can now, see it. Yeah, now, now there's people growing in Mexico really good weed. Right. Now, now they invested in, in, in growing their own and there's really good good stuff going on. They're still not, maybe not as advanced as in California because California has been doing it since the 90s. Yeah. So um, this is paradise for weed. But eventually there's uh, all this knowledge and everything has just been dripping down and, and yeah. spreading everywhere. That so in, obviously in Sinaloa, Culiacan, the, they have dispensaries now. It's, yeah. They're illegal, but the Chapitos, the cartel owns them mm -hmm. and they control them. Uh, is that happening in TJ as well? There's, there's very few dispens like clandestine dispensers like that because, yeah. because in, in, um, in Culiacan, they, they, they have the government unlocked. Yeah. They have shit unlocked. Like yeah. nothing happens without them knowing. Right. And in Tijuana, it's just crazy. It's like, just chaos. It's just chaos, mm -hmm. bro. Like anybody, mm -hmm. like you might be with, like I said, with a certain group of cops, but the municipal cops would tell you, or if you're with them, the state cops will get you, you know? So it's all this, yeah. all this, it's, right. it's just chaos. So if you it's open up a dispensary, you can open it, and, and it, but you have to keep it, it really, really yeah. low key. Like it can be like in Culiacan, they're really cool dispensaries. Like, they look like LA dispensaries. They got their brands, yeah. you know, everybody knows where they're at, totally. you know, shit yeah. like that. And they're pretty cool. And But in TJ, no, it really has to be like really mm. low key, like really, really, So really it's low. still street dealing, basically. Yeah, it's very street dealing, yeah. yeah. yeah well, there's a lot. That means there's money there still. Yeah, 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 that too. Yeah, there's a lot of money in in, in TJ. Oh, yeah. Especially in like uh, like dealers and stuff like that. That That's the mm. people that break most most money. I mean, yeah. because they're, they're, they're getting, like I said, if I buy an ounce for like a hundred bucks and I give it over for 250 or shit like that. And, yeah. You know? What are you? What are your cartel friends doing now? The ones who survived. Now you had friends that were killed in oh, the a bunch wars. Of friends that were killed, yeah. What Rest happened? Peace, all of them. Yes, yeah, it's tragic. What uh, your friends, your good friends that got killed, that sent you into a depression. Like, how did they pass? What happened to them? Well, they were uh, twins, but not the ones that look like the ones that just were born the same mm -hmm. day. But, Patrol, so, yeah. oh yeah, one of them was. Well, I, I, I'm trying to. Minimize the story, keep it short. But uh, at first, when they were younger, like in, in our teenagers, well, one of them, 
uh, El Gordo, they call him the fat boy. He was the one involved with the cartel shit. He, was, he would sell a lot of uh, coke and shit like that. He was always in the clubs and he was making really good money. Mm. And the other one, he was, almost, uh, he was he had a legal job. He was stayed in school and stuff like that. And then on our 20s, the, sh- the papers flipped. The other guy went like a little on the dark side and, and fat boy was on the legal. He, he, he was running a business with his family, a painting business, stuff like that. So he was making it. He, he actually wanted to take the, the right path. Mm. But uh, his brother, he was he was in the middle of some shit and, and he did some, he robbed some guys and he sold that shit to somebody else. And then the, the guy that he sold them to betrayed him. And the guy that he sold them to knew the guys that, that he robbed. So they set him up. Oh. So when he was about to go and, and uh, get paid for the shit he sold, he asked his brother for a ride, thinking everything was cool. So his brother was like, yeah, I'll give you a ride. He knew what he was doing, but he never knew that they were mm-hmm. going to set them up. So they're just in the truck waiting for them to get paid. And some guys come out of nowhere and they shoot them. And they kill both of them. Yeah, they kill both of them. Yeah. And there's really no, there's really no justice system down there. You pretty much get away with killing. Yeah. Especially I, in Tijuana. Yeah. That's what, I, that's like I was saying earlier. There's people, there's innocent people dying because there's just crackheads taking advantage of the chaos of the city. Yeah. Everybody's killing nothing. Nobody's getting caught. So. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, do you go down there and do you fear at all for your own life? Um, or are you connected enough to where you feel like? No, because even the connected guys are scared. It seems like nobody, yeah, nobody's, nobody's safe, safe down there. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe at all. So, I mean, um, I don't know anybody, anything. I, I don't have beef with nobody. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool with everybody. And uh, I mean, if you have beef with me, let me know. Cause I don't know, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't have trouble with nobody. I, I really, so, but I'm still sketchy to be over mm-hmm. there. I, I like, because it's the environment that, I mean, I might be out. I, like I live in San Diego. I'm chilling with everybody. If, if I don't go to TJ, okay, what are we going to go to TJ for? To hang out with friends. That's most of the time we're going to be in the wrong place or spot. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to date a girl, I want to take out to a nice restaurant. The restaurants is, you know, there's people there in the restaurant. So, so and plus I'm known yeah. and I'm known that I'm known. So mm-hmm. like people know that I know, you know, and there's, there's, there's things that might be misinterpreted. Like some people, because I'm friends with somebody that might think that I work with them, but mm. I really don't. You yeah. know I mean, some people like don't, don't know me. They might be like, why does he hang out with him? Like, what does he give him shout out in his podcast? Because sometimes I've shout people out in my podcast, but like I said, it's just a friendship. Like we don't talk about yeah. business. We don't, the messages I get from people like that are like, Hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? Oh, nice Tuesday, whatever. Hope, hope everything's going good for your projects and shit like that. Like they send me the goodbyes mm-hmm. and I'm like, Hey, Hope everything's well. Like, take care of yourself. You know, I, yeah. I, hope, I hope shit like that. And then we start talking like, uh, who are you interviewing next? Oh, I'm going to interview yeah. this guy and whatever. Oh, he's a dope music. You know, it's just yeah. friendship. I like, think you know? the more you put yourself out there and plug your music, the safer you'll be. Because then you're publicly, look, this yeah, guy's well, in TJ, this guy's they kill artists active. And TJ, they kill, they kill uh, anybody, you know? And, and yeah. nobody's safe out there. It really, you really got to know how to move and, and make sure you don't, you don't put yourself in positions where people think bad of you. You know, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I'm moving drugs. I don't want people to like, I'm just telling the story of the shit I live. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not like currently doing anything. Like the people I keep communications with is because like I said, they're friends, you mm-hmm. know, they, they hit me up and, uh, yeah, they might be able to get me out of trouble sometimes. You know, if I'm in TJ and I'm in some sort of trouble, I'd, I'd rather call them, you know, than actually, uh, try to fix shit for myself. Or yeah, because, or call the cops. Because the system wanna... that they live in, they control that part. So like, I'm not going to change this shit. Mm. So even if I was, went to go righteous and like, no, I'm, 
pray every Sunday and shit like that. If I get in trouble in TJ, I have to, it's part of the system. Like I have to be, yeah. I have to, what is it called? Like call somebody or, you gotta or do go something. through them. You got to go through them. Yeah. yeah you got to go through the, the politics. How many bosses are in Tijuana right now? <laughs> oh, well, I don't even want to say, because what if I say like, what, just, if, what if somebody that's a boss and I don't count them and be like, all right, I'm a uh, boss too. You know what I mean? <laughs> overshoot it. Overshoot yeah, 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 it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's just a lot. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, yeah, there's probably like, um, uh, I mean, there's, there's like three cartels and every cartel has. Jalisco, Tijuana, Sinaloa. And, and yeah. And every, and all of them have a, a, like at least three, at least. Right. Maybe, so. And what are their specificities? Like what. Can, can you tell the difference, first of all, ethnically between somebody who's from Jalisco and somebody who's from Sinaloa? Do they look different? I know they sound a little different. No, the, it's just the sounds. Just the sounds. Just the accent, yeah. Just what, the accent. what makes them different in terms of how they operate? Uh, Is there a difference? Does one push a different kind of drug? Nah, it's, it's kind of the same the same thing. Maybe, maybe if you really go deep in their operation, maybe there's stuff that they do different. But but it's the same thing: selling, smuggling, killing. You who's, know, uh, who's winning? Uh, where in TJ? In TJ, nobody. Who's got the most people? Who's the who's who's the? Everything's who's, pretty even right now. <laughs> this guy, I like yeah, this guy. Everything's pretty even, man. I mean, everything. No, even if I was, even if there was like, uh, I don't like. I I know some of my friends are gonna be like, nah, we're winning because I went with uh, concrete, and I I actually told my friends I was like, hey, I'm getting interviewed by this. By this white guy, and he just wants to know about what what do you guys do. And I thought that my home is gonna be like, nah, keep it low key. Just and they're like, nah, tell them we're the shit out here. Tell them we're ruling everything. Yeah. And I mean, even even for them, I uh, I would be like, like they're not. You know, they they rule their part. Mm. But there's other people that have there's places where they don't go as much as there's places where these guys don't go. Mm. You know, so it's pretty even, bro. It's really it's really pretty even. So it's a city locked in a stalemate. It's like a city that's permanently out. I war. feel like it's like in LA, you got the Cribs, the Bloods, and the Sureños, yeah. or like that. It's kind of yeah. like that. Like if you try to say who's winning, you can't really say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody's just all over, and everybody's just, doing good, and yeah. everybody has people dying. So like, mm-hmm. you can't really tell. Yeah, what is good? Doing good in Mexico is doing bad. You ever think about that? Uh, it's so. It's like a guy that runs a neighborhood in, in TJ, and he's you know. He has people who work for him that get killed and he straps uh, some drugs onto a, a lady who goes to San Diego. That's, that's doing good to him, you know? Like I said, it, it really depends because it's, 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 there's no stereotype in, in, I don't think there's a really certain stereotype on narcos, drug dealers. There's people that do that, but there's people that look down on mm. that. Like don't, they will never do shit like that. There's people that, that steal from other drug dealers. There's people that will never steal from drug, you know, from mm. other drug dealers. So it, it just depends on the person you Let are. Let me ask you about this. This will be, and then we're going to do, we're going to do the last half of this episode on Patreon. And this is going to be, this might take you out of left field, but I've, I've heard this from a friend of ours whose name we won't say here, but what about organ smuggling, liver, heart? Does that happen in Tijuana? Are, are young, usually like street kids kidnapped and have their organs harvested. Have you heard about this rumor? Well, it, it's something that you've always heard of. Yeah. But I've been so deep in the streets that I never met anybody that that does it. I never met anybody that's cool with kidnapping kids. I never met anybody that's cool with with like like dark shit. No, dark I, crime I, I, shit like I, that. I know, like, I'm not asking if 
you hang around with people who think it's cool. I'm saying, oh, have no, you I'm heard saying, of it existing? Like as a no, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you hear of it, but I mean, I've met like from the lowest to the top boss, and I never met anybody that's actually cool with it. Like that's you know what involved I mean? in it. That even that's gotcha. actually even cool with it. Like right. like all like the, all the people I met at least in TJ. I'm pretty. Sh I mean. Shit, probably if you look for it, I right. mean, maybe because I've never, like, you know, but I'm, shit, maybe if you start asking around, maybe you start, I, I wouldn't even put but it. But the like, cartel's not involved in it. The nah, three factions maybe, aren't not, involved. Not in, in TJ, maybe yeah. in the South. Mm. People are savages, more savages in other places, you know? And then uh, there's there's other crimes committed in other places because, like I said, in TJ, it's a border. So it, it's going to be way different what goes on in a border town than yeah. what goes on in the, right. in the center of the, in the but country. That's interesting, though. So that is something... My friend wasn't wrong. Hey, man, I'm pretty sure if you go look for it, you probably find in a TJ. Connect. You've heard that, yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I've always heard it, but I've never actually came across with somebody be like, "Hey, man, you know anybody that needs like a liver or something?" Right. You never, but never. What is? Life. But but what is the rumor? What is? So it sounds like it's, it's a, just the rumor that like you can myth. find it. It's, it's like a it's fifth. Just, it's a myth. Just like the yeah. like the donkey show that they used to have in the. 70s or something people actually think that that still goes, that on, still right goes now, on right but that's not there's yeah. nowhere that, that right. shit goes on anymore so it's it's something like that it's right. just fucking okay gotcha so we don't know if it's a myth that happened once we don't, yeah, we don't maybe, know yeah 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 okay gotcha gotcha but i mean zona norte is a crazy place so I'm, what shit. is zona norte it's, a, it's it's where Hong Kong is. Like yeah, okay. That block of Hong oh. Kong is nice. It's all light up. It looks yeah. like Vegas. Mm -hmm. But you go around the corner, bro, and lights turn off. Yeah. And and it, it, nice. like Hong, like that shit is in the middle of a jungle. Let me put it to you like this. Okay. That's in the middle of the jungle. You go two blocks away from where all the lights are. There's people fighting with machetes. There's kids playing in the middle of the street next to the guys fighting machetes. The machete guys, they're just fighting on themselves. They won't hurt the kids. The kids are the sons and daughters of the, of the lady that owns a little... A retail store of, mm -hmm. of like you know, but she also prostitutes herself right. or, or one of you know. Yeah. So there's Sonor Norte is, is chaos. Yeah. You have really nice houses and and next to like abandoned hotels where people buried and shit like that. Right. So Sonor Norte is just it's crazy. So maybe that's the place if you want to go look for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like organs, that. Yeah, yeah. That, that maybe that's where you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need but, a new but heart. like I said, Sonor Norte is like I said, my mom was born there and I was roaming those streets really young. I saw this. I saw people fighting with machetes. I saw, like, I saw all kinds of shit there. Okay. But I've never came across nobody selling organs. Gotcha. So, I mean. All right. So I, that's the one thing that Mexicans don't sell. I'm sure it's happening, but you know, it's, it's, uh, oof, it's nasty business. Well, I want to, I want to save some stories for the Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash the connect show. Um, tell us about your podcast, man. This is what you're here to plug. Yeah, well, um, since I, I started getting involved with a lot of musicians and famous guys and stuff, and I was really always in entertainment, like ever since I got off of probation and I had to live in San Diego, couldn't go to TJ. So I started getting into a lot of uh, of YouTube and, and satellite radio. I love comedy. Like yeah. I, I started listening a lot to like uh, the Opie and Anthony show yeah. and all the stuff, like uh, uh, the beginning of the Joe Rogan show. All mm -hmm. those, all those, like before podcast was a thing. Wow, yeah. I started listening to that because I was in San Diego and really didn't really have any friends. Like my my school friends and stuff, they were living like regular lives. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They were what they would call like squares and stuff like that. Yeah. But actually, they were doing healthy stuff. Yeah. And I was just on some other shit that I couldn't even relate. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just stayed home basically and and saw like one or two friends from now and then. But I was always like on the computer going through like, because I, I was all, all those years that I, I left like graffiti and stuff. I also got away for like music and all like my creative side and my artistic side. So I just started getting back to like, what has Dr. Dre been doing? What has uh, Snoop Dogg been doing? Mm. So I just started searching all these names of like people I was uh, a 
a fan of and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I started getting really deep into entertainment and the YouTube and all this movement and stuff. So I always thought like, man, if somebody did like this stuff in Spanish, it, it would, you know, it would be great. Of course. And, uh, but at this point, I, I didn't know anything about the industry. Like I didn't know anything about production, nothing. I just had like that. That anxiety of doing mm. something, of getting. I remember I was working and the the, the the job I got that got me off probation. I stayed in that job even after I got off probation. But but I always had this like, I was like, man, what the f am I doing here? Yeah. Like I want to do, do something new. cool. Yeah, and and not even like on street shit. Like I was I was always watching like YouTube stuff. Like yeah. I said, comedy and shit like that, or or everybody's just getting into that. My favorite rappers and stuff. I remember Snoop Dogg had this show on Tuesday where it was just him live on Facebook smoking and mixing yeah. music and stuff before, you know, his channel right. and shit. So I always had the, this notion of like the industry and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So, so yeah, I, I always thought of doing it in Spanish, but in Spanish, nobody was doing it. Nobody was willing to listen to a two hour podcast back in the day and shit like yeah. that. So, so I just started getting the mix with music and, and, and just basically I was like, I'm gonna stick to this and see where this takes me yeah. because that was my... Like I started with Codiciado and then we started making it. We started like becoming big. And that's where I started seeing like more options. Like, okay, well, now I could manage a group. So I got a rap group. I saw little rappers coming on. So I, now I'm connected with the industry so I could get them a few feats, you know, yeah. beats and shit like that. Yeah. But but it wasn't really, I still want to do something like me. Like since I come from the streets, I I never loved the spotlight. I never want to be in the front of the cameras because I come from this old school where it's like, you know, you don't... You don't talk. You, you don't, don't want yeah, yeah, to be... You don't want to put yourself the, out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to to actually think of doing actually something for me where I'm the main guy. So at first I started getting... After I knew a few like influencers and stuff that on the Mexican side, I was like, mm -hmm. hey, you should do a podcast. And they were like, what's that? And I would show them... At this time, I was really fan of like drink champs and uh, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, if we do that in a Mexican style, like in a cantina with like musicians and drinking and stuff that that would work and they were like that's pretty cool man but i don't know maybe maybe view the host and i'm like nah i want to produce it i don't <laughs> want to be the host and i got the same answer for like three different guys and i was like man i don't want to be the host of this shit like you know what i mean i don't want to be out there but eventually it got to a time where I'm like, you know what this I'm, I'm gonna do it right and when when i started doing it when i actually announced it and i'm, like, I'm gonna do a podcast and i got my first everybody that i knew in the industry was like bro you were what the Took you so long, you know, that everybody was just with open arms and everybody's uh, working and stuff. And so I'm trying to figure out who your equivalent is in English. Uh, like you're, you're like, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I watch a lot of, uh, you're, you're watch, of, you're of the industry. I, watch, I go from concrete to Andrew Schultz to Vlad TV to yeah. Drink Champs to, I, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty aware of everybody, but I don't but what think. What do you do on your podcast? Like, who do you push? Do you push artists? Is it a rap podcast? Is it a culture? It, Is it kind of all of it? It's kind of. And um, can I come on it? Oh, you're already invited, bro. Like, uh, why already, haven't I had yeah, the? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been you're waiting already, for you're, it. You're bro. already invited. I yeah, speak. Yeah. I speak Spanish. Yeah, We're yeah, doing yeah. No, let's Spanish. do it as soon as as soon as you can. Let's do it. Yeah. But uh, it's it's kind of a mix of like, I already have this the industry. A lot of people in the industry they know me, so they know where I come from. They know a little bit of my background. So I started off different. Like I, before the fans knew me, I already lived that uh, with the famous people. So they all know me, but I now just need uh, the fans and yeah. Stuff. But people are picking up to my story, so. It's not really a concept because I like I, I know people like Luis. Yeah. I know people that rap. Yeah. I know people that box. I know people that are in cartel. Yeah. I know people in jail. So it's just my essence in the podcast. Like I'm inviting all my friends. Oh, so you just have you just got a big ass podcast. Yeah, I'm it's, just it's, inviting my friends right. that I sometimes I invited my friend. He's doing politics and he knows he's very 
like the president knows him by name because yeah. he's just been with him since forever. So I had him on my podcast. I had a, uh, I had this. Um, you know who Carlos Santana is? Uh, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> I think well, I've heard of that guy. <laughs> I interviewed the guy that taught him how to play the guitar. Wow. And he has stories for like, like he used to play in this small clubs in in Mexico City, and, and every time Jim Morrison has shows, they would go see him. Wow. And and in, in the, it would go see him, the Rolling Stones, all these him guys. Him and Jim Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucked. We didn't know that. Yeah. What am I going? <laughs> no, so yeah, I mean, I have people like him. So it's just, you know, I'm just bringing, I might start having people like you in yeah. English and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So it's just a little bit of a part of me and the shit I want to show. Yeah. But some of the stuff I really want to show is, is I'm interviewing a lot of people from TJ. Yeah. All kinds of like the politic guy. He's from TJ. The guy that taught uh, Carlos Santana, he's, he's a native TJ. Um, all the uh, rappers and, and like some musicians I've had, they, they, they have something to do with TJ. Right. I interviewed a guy, he's from Culiacan and he sings to the people over there and I met him in a party over there and shit like that but he he uh, uh, the corridos and the music that that's our connection so so you're gonna have like the flagrant joe rogan podcast of mexico hopefully man shout out to andrew schultz and yeah. oh shout out to mark gagnon he he yeah. he dm me he wants me to have him on i'm just waiting that's so, it man. yeah yeah to that's get that fucking together. awesome but, bro but yeah i mean I, and i want to break that uh a language barrier yeah. i want to come back i want to come back here to la i i know I like the Brown Bag podcast, like Duno, and I know a lo uh, few yeah. people local from here. I mean, I don't know them, but I'm aware of them. So I've yeah. been trying to like, you know, because everybody knows about TJ, everybody knows, but there's nobody really doing content or exposing right. the shit that goes on. Like I hear, I mean, I follow uh, Instagrams from over here, like the, just like a grind phase, shout out to grind phase, like the full community and stuff. And sometimes they publish news from TJ yeah. where I'm like, bro, who, who told you this? Like, nah, where do you get this information? Like, wild? and I want to, I want to kind of like clear some of that shit and really not only about the, the street shit, like I really want to put out like all the talent that comes out there. Like yeah. all the really, like not well, everybody's doing bad shit out here. You know what I mean? Just think, and think about the connection between the corridos in Mexico and, and LA. Was, it, yeah. And this is where they record most of it. It's yeah, in yeah, LA, yeah, right? Because they, there's a lot of market out here. There's a lot of Mexicans out here that, that backed it up and, and everything. So, so, so think about it, that. It's just a big promotion. hype. You know, the, the, yeah. actually the music is doing really good because all the, all the hype that's going on in the streets. Yeah. You wouldn't know of a, of a song of El Chapo if you've never heard of El Chapo. Or at least you wouldn't care about the song. But now you hear about these guys. Oh, they got rescued. His brothers rescued this guy because he got arrested. They took it for the military. Oh, so now everybody, it's like world news. So the corridos literally break news with their songs. Yeah. Now, now that's fucked. Now, if you see crazy, a news, bro. if you see the news, like, oh, uh, Chapo got caught, he did whatever. And then you hear, oh, these guys are singing about a Chapo. What are they saying? <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. And you're getting more from the news. I mean, you're getting more from the music than the news wow. because. The, the songs actually have to be authorized by the guy. Like, I can't write a corrido about somebody and not ask him permission. Like, yeah. he actually has to go listen to it and be like, nah, don't say this and yeah. say this and that. So, to be honest, sometimes corridos are more accurately than the news. Wow. That's why I, I call Luis a lot of times on his on his stuff. And actually, uh, uh, he, I remember he said some stuff one day. Yo, beef, bro. No, no, fucking no, no, go after friend. Luis no, no. right now. Nah, he's, he's, he's my brother. But, uh, <laughs> but I remember one time he published something about a really famous... Uh, there's this guy that uh, a character that has a lot of corridos, like a bunch, and uh, and all his corridos say the same shit. So if you want to say so, like you you probably know like you know this guy, you feel like you know this guy already. So Luis was giving was saying some some shit that has nothing to do with the character, and I even told him like, bro, like you know you could, there's like ten corridos you could listen about this guy. You get more information, and he was like, well, no, actually. He's like, yeah, you're right. I saw both. He's like, I saw the military, like official report about the guy. 
And I saw the corridos, but I was like, nah, I'm gonna go with the military. And bro, the military report was way off. And I'm like, it, it's 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 so impressive to me. It's surprising how this information is in the, like 20 songs, but you guys still go to like yeah. your least yeah, trustable. Yeah, like, like the official source. Yeah, official. But I mean, you got musicians with authorized lyrics telling you that this guy's from this place. He came from mm -hmm. this. He does this. He works for such and yeah. such. And he's oh, whatever. Oh, that's fascinating, so, so, dude. So like uh, that's some Mad Mexicans are gossipy, aren't you? <laughs> Everybody's talking. Well, I mean, if you talk about trap and all the drill shit going on, they, they, they talk about the guy that killed, where they kill him. Mm. They smoking on him and yeah. all, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. That, oh, oh, so corridos is, is, is trap music. Basically, for Mexico. Yeah, yeah, basically it's trap music. Wow. And, and, uh, it's, now, are there corridos that that uh, sing specifically for cartels in TJ? Or yeah, no, yeah? Well, they, they, that's how it started. The politics. There's there's certain groups that only sing to certain cartels. Really, and they get in trouble because they doing that gets you involved in the politics. Right. If you're one of the musicians, where like you know what, I'm gonna sing to everybody. I, I don't have beef with you. I don't have beef with you. If somebody comes up to you, I'll be like, hey, why are you singing to him? Be like, look, man, this is my job. You probably talk to somebody that I don't like and I don't, you know, you got to stay professional yeah. with the cartel stuff because if you start taking like their side on like, right. yeah, f that guy and you diss them on their career stuff. Well, now you got enemies. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're not in the cartel. You're not riding around in trucks. Yeah. You don't taking care of yourself. You're yeah. just a guy that has shows out in the open. Yeah. Exactly. And then we know where you're at. Yeah. So, and that's why a lot of people get killed. Like a lot of artists get killed. Your corridos get killed. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a bit of so how many. do you protect yourself as a Korea? You just stay professional. You stay professional and stay neutral. Can you still break the news though? Can like can you still sing for Jalisco? Yeah, yeah. If you get permission there's, from yeah, them. there's there's groups that are doing it right now that are handling very well. Just and don't go after another cartel, yeah, and, right? And there's cartel bosses that actually understand that part on their side because at the end of the day, if if a cart if a cartel has you singing for them, like it's it's uh, having you for parties and stuff like yeah. that. At the end of the day, they're fans. Yeah, you know, so they don't really want to beef with yeah. the guy that they like to sing. So yeah. if you stay professional, stay like that, and they're like, okay, he's cool. You know, he's yeah. he he knows his place. He knows he's not in this shit. So they they, he, they play he sang a song for Jalisco, but maybe I'll hire him to sing one for Sinaloa. Yeah, or yeah whatever. exactly. And as long as he doesn't diss any of us, I'm we're all cool. You know, yeah. he's making his money, I'm making my money. It's like whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes the bosses are not even beefing with each other. Is is the lower street levels? Like you meet the bosses and they're cool with each other. Uh, maybe not cool, but they're like, oh, you you have a corrido for that guy, <laughs> right? And you're like, oh shit, he hates him. He's like, yeah, that's cool. That's a good corrido, man. That's dope. Hey, hey, make sure mine is dope too. You that's know, that's what it is. They do yeah. shit like that because, like I said, at the end of the day, if they want you to sing for them, they're fans. They're fans. Yeah, they're and fans. And they got money. Yeah. And but just like a fan, they could take an action. You know, if a fan, if you say no to a fan of picture or something, they'll probably hate you forever. You right. know? So it's there's the same. no saying so no. It's the same for the cartel. Mm -hmm. They're they're just a fan, you know. So if you make something the wrong move sometimes, they might take it personal too. And it's not the same as a regular fan taking it personal as one of, of those course. guys taking it personal. I feel like you really, when you deal in that world, but you're not one of them, you really gotta like have Stay a strong, place. but you also have to like, you also have to have like, you walk this line between you can't let them disrespect you. You can't let them walk on you, but you also have to remain respectful the whole time. You yeah, know what I mean? I think, I think just it's remaining a delicate, respectful. It's a delicate it, balance. Remaining respectful is what keeps you from them disrespecting you. Yeah. Because like, like everyone knows respect is earned. So if mm -hmm. you come respectful, it's probably most of the time you're going to get respect. But you have to have your position too. be yeah, like, yeah, I, I mean, don't, yeah, yeah, I don't just, make diss songs. Yeah, yeah. No, you, most you, of, most of them. I mean, at least the smart ones will tell you if you call them and you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm such and such from the Jalisco, from the Sinaloa, whatever. And I want a corrido made by you. And you should, as a musician, you should be like, okay, just so you know, I don't diss nobody. And, uh, 
and maybe my my lyrics are low key. Mm-hmm. There's people that be like, okay, what do you want me to say? I'll say anything you want me to say. There's people that be like, I'll say anything except this is, you know, mm-hmm. you really, it really depends. But the smart ones know not to get involved mm-hmm. in the politics. What are your goals besides the podcast? How would you like to see this grow and expand? Like, do you want to be, uh, do you just want to do the podcast? Do you want to uh, be a content creator uh, overall? Yeah, probably content in general, because I also write, I forgot to mention, I I, I started, uh, well, I write since I was young. I've like just write stories of the shit I've heard. Even when I was little, when I were hearing about gangs or shit like that, I would write stories about uh, just invented gangs and shit like that. So I made up stories. So now I'm making up a story of like, uh, just like, let's say like it's another universe in TJ because I'm Navy, I'm, I'm fictitious characters, like no real, like nothing. It's based on, on real shit that I saw, but you're not going to connect it to mm-hmm. none like specific events. So I actually want to make that in, in videos. I want to make like short clip movies and mm. I want to start doing that. With the podcast, I want to keep doing the podcast and just interviewing because I like talking to mm-hmm. cool ass people. But eventually, I'm uh, with my writing. I want to, vis- I want to put that into visuals. Yeah, and it's uh, and and yeah, I've been I've been working on that. I know a lot of people on, on productions and stuff. I'm always asking them for tips. I've been trying like some like uh, one take shots, like videos and stuff, mm-hmm. where I only need like like really low budget stuff. I got yeah. a few cameras and stuff, so I work with that. Like okay, I see I see music videos or stuff like they use like one shots or really cheap low budget shit yeah. and, and I just imitate it just to f- learn how to f- do mm-hmm. it and then just put it into yeah. my project but yeah eventually I'm gonna do that and, and with my friend from Coliseo we're gonna hopefully start a little maybe like a label stuff where we find new talents of, yeah. uh, of, of artists uh, the podcast and my writing oh I got a f- oh uh, my friend used to be one of the most wanted in the back in 2010 and stuff like that he was in the in the DA. And, and when you cross the border, you know they're always yeah. Well, one of them is a, is a good friend of mine. He's in jail. He's serving time, but he's writing his book. And since I like to write and on the street, he heard, he knew some people that told him, hey, you know what, such and such is writing. Maybe he could help you with your book. He got into contact with me and and, and I've been helping writing his book. He, he should be, it should be in Amazon uh, probably this year, later this wow. year or next year. But yeah, El Gordo Villarreal, Bandidos Reales, shout out to him. There you go. Promote it on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah that I mean? too. I'm actually, I'm going to have him on the podcast. I'm on a, on a call yeah. because he's, he's locked up. But yeah. uh, but I'm going to have, maybe a few cartel guys are willing to come yeah. on the podcast and stuff. And some of them retired too. Some of the people that served time and they were back in the days with the Arianas and stuff like that. And they got a cool stories. Some Man, of them, if they'll come on the pod, some bro, of them, yeah, I'm, I'm telling I, you. Yeah. Billions uh, of views. Yeah, some of them are actually... Uh, offering themselves without me asking, just having a good talk. And then they're like, hey, you know what? I'll probably be down with that podcast thing. And I'm like, hey, man, whenever you want, like, I'll put a mask or something. And they're like, nah, nah, f- that. Like, oh. I, I served my time. I did my time. F- like, nobody's going to shit. Because I know some hard people, bro. Like, I know some people that, that you know, and. Well, if there's one friends. thing that people want the most in this world, it's fame. People want to <laughs> be known. That's the drug dealer's downfall. Is that I, I they think can't that stay I, anonymous. I, I they want to be famous. About, I read something about criminals that eventually they want to get caught because they want to be praised. They want to be in the news. They, they want to be like, yeah, I got away with all this shit. So it's, it's just crazy, man. Every mafia, every ex-mob member, mafia member in the United States, they all have podcasts now. But They're yeah, I mean, all snitching. Uh, so. As long as the content, as content goes wise, where you were asking me who can... Who, who can I relate to? Yeah. Just the content because the interviewer has nothing to do with me. Maybe Vlad or yeah. Andrew Schultz type yeah. thing. Maybe that yeah. because they have a really variety of their stuff. For sure. But they don't have the background as me. So so the people I interview, they, they talk to me because they know that I'm yeah. real. Like that. at least the first 40 people that I'm going to have, I'm on my 12th episode, 13th episode, but at least like the first 40 people I'm going to have, they're all friends that know me from the outs from that I've been doing this. You translate like, it? 
Oh man, get if you can shit. help me, if, if you, you can help me, because man, I try translated, bro, and, and I want to watch it. I fucking I wanna, like. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Ever by since this. I was in, in concrete, I get a tons of messages from from people that don't speak Spanish, and they're like, "When are you translating your podcast?" I'm like, "How? Like this is hard mm. because we talk a lot of slang. I try to translate it myself, like listening to it, but you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. People show me like, "Oh, there's AI doing it, but the AI don't pick up the slang. Yeah. So now, so I mean, if there's somebody. Like, help me translate everything, like, at least word for word or something. Yeah. Like, please hit me up, man. Please, yeah. Because I really I really want to do in, uh, content in English. Not only interview people in English, but I want to translate the content I'm doing in Spanish mm-hmm. so they understand. And, and Because that's where the real yeah. that's where the real stories that you guys want to yeah. hear, that's where they are. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, well, there's tons of ways to do that. There's there's people in, you know, in the Philippines that'll probably translate that shit for you. <laughs> so you'll figure it out. But I think for now, there's enough market of Latinos in places like LA and San Diego that you could blow it up on both sides. Man. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to break that barrier. And like, and for instance, El Gordo Villarreal, he speaks Spanish. He speaks both things. He speaks English yeah. and Spanish. So I'll probably do one in English with him too. Yeah. So that, that's going to be a good one because yeah. he, he's in the, he was in, the, he used to hang out with Ramon and you know, and all that stuff. So he's locked up right now. Yeah. He's Where's doing he at? In Arizona. How much time is he doing? I think he got 30 years. Mm. Um, they probably lower it down. Hopefully. You know, uh, hopefully he gets some some time cut off or a good time and stuff like that. But uh, he's still looking at right, another a, 10 years. Doing a long bid, man. Yeah. Uh, well, man, absolutely go check out his podcast. Uh, follow him. What's your socials? Uh, on Instagram, at, at El Bordo, at E-L-B-O-R-D-O-M-X. That's El Bordo MX yeah. on Instagram and YouTube too. What's El Bordo mean? It means the border. But but we call the 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 wall. Yeah. In, in Spanish they call it el bordo. El bordo. Okay. Yeah, in Spanish Hell they're yeah. like, oh, están levantando el bordo, oh, el bordo, or oh, you live close to el bordo. Yeah. I, I I live right next to el bordo, so yeah. so people that know with like, there's a lot of people that that related when I posted like the logo and picture and stuff like that. They're like, oh, this is. Do dope. you think I climb el bordo, but from the U.S. side into Mexico? You think I go viral? Oh, if you do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I was gonna say something, but I'll say it. Okay. <laughs> Save it. <laughs> I'm like, I know a few spots. Maybe you could get some good shots. <laughs> but sure. Never mind. Never mind. I don't. I'm sure you could help me out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, man. Well, this has been a fantastic episode. Uh, come back anytime, and I'd love to do your pod. Oh no, so, you will. Yeah, you yeah. Know, we're gonna stay in touch. Uh, follow us. We're gonna go do a quick Patreon episode. We're gonna talk all about organ harvesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, follow us, The Connect Show, Patreon.com/slash/TheConnectShow. And uh, Fernando, really appreciate it, buddy. Hey, thank Best you, man. Thank you for You're having killing me. it. You got it. All right, guys.